Ooh, that sounded like a meditation bell. Oh, it did. Oh my God, Aaron, it's your wine cup. I'm sorry, who's Aaron? <laughs> oh, Julie. I'm using Right some, out of the gate. I mean, not even half a second in. No, the first word you uttered. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Uh, to be fair, I was distracted by his Zen mentality. <laughs> well, um, I'm trying to, to, yeah, I don't have words today. I'm, this is my second glass of wine, whatever. Cool. That's great. You're doing it right. You're doing uh, quarantine right. Yeah. Um, Scotty, th this is the tale of a bit gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so today in current events and listener we're recording this on monday the 20th if that helps you no monday all. the 19th. 19th. 19th thank you listen time is fluid but it's also it really is shit. yeah it's monday the 19th if that um roots you in a time and place at all by the time you hear this <laughs> wait wait roots roots <laughs> Uh, by the time by the time you hear this, we will have gone through probably like twenty seven news cycles. Uh, men, 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 men. Um, men. However, we are still in the current one, um, and the main character of the internet today mm. spoke to me um, in like a in like a deep resonant Podlander way. So I knew, and it just like, it like sprang, oh, ah, it sprang up within me like a, like a weed shooting through the pavement, like a flower opening in spring that I knew what I had to say and what I had to do. So I contacted my two dear friends, Julie and Janine and said, I know it's, it's COVID times, but, but we need to come together. This is not a bit that we can do separately. We must do it together. And they trusted me and said, Oh my God, I have to put my drink down. Yes, we understand. <laughs> yeah, we under week. we understand what you're saying. We don't know the context, but but we trust you. As your compatriots, we trust you. Um, Julie said, come on over, comrade, and let us stand on the sidewalk in the rain. So Janine and I walked right on over to Julie's uh, to stand on the sidewalk in the rain. And we stood around my phone, which I have used to record many a person talking for my job. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I said, friends, this is how I reacted to today's news in my head. And I wanted to share it with you. The only two people in the world who would appreciate it exactly as much as I do. And I looked them both deep in their eyes <laughs> In the rain, in the Chicago rain in this year of 2020, I looked them both deep in their eyes and I said, Zoom dick, 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 Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast, Austin Austin, Volume One, Imbibe and Prejudice. Today we are talking about the. Did you like how well I did that, y'all? This yeah. is that it's was, new, that was seamless. It's it new was and very good and very professional. Thank you. It's rolling trippingly off the tongue. I feel good about it. We are talking about the third episode of the 1995 A and E BBC miniseries Pride and Prejudice, starring Colin Firth and Jennifer Eel. Bow. Bow. Dude, you're, just, you're on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? The f our formal bowing is actually not all that different from like what I think of the way that football players talk to each other, which in my head is just like, yeah, yeah. 
and that's it. <laughs> it's just like that's like the the equivalent of just how they, they vocalize to each other as well. It's like yeah, you got this, man. You got it. Exactly. You got it. Twenty four. Alternatively, please oh consider. God. Are you okay? Uh, no, Aaron said. Oh, who's Aaron? Janine said twenty-four, and it made me think of my workplace trivia that we do on Mondays, which I have been really fussy about, like trying to work workplace bonding over Zoom. It's been very distracting, but I fucking am in for this Monday morning trivia. But last week, one of the questions was something like, "What was Michael Jordan's new jersey number when he came back?" to basketball hint it's about double his original number and i was like because uh, i am a decently good person at trivia but sports are my downfall and the fact that i don't know either michael jordan's <laughs> numbers i only know 23 was just like oh well but if it's I've double been put, i've been put in my place if it's double then it would be 46 right I don't know what the first one was. Twenty twenty-three. Yeah. But like I didn't know. But what was I think I guessed thirty-two, so maybe the numbers were in there. I just got them in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. But the real question is what was his number when he was on the White Sox? Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone knows. That was was I don't know. I don't know why. That was a dark time in America. (laughs) Why did you do that to us? I feel I'll report I'll I'll text you guys tomorrow. I feel like this might be the first week where I got all the answers. Yay! So we'll see. Scooter. We'll see. I consistently come in third place, which is decent for the staff. It's it's the whole staff, so I'm I'm fine with consistent third place. But I feel I feel good about this week. Uh, hey, speaking of Scooter, you want to tell the folks who you are? Oh my God! Yeah, uh, I'm friend of the pod. Uh, gross. No, I'm like actual friend Scotty Caldwell. Well, you're both. Um, You've been on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. If you are wondering which Caldwell twin this is, it's yes, Scotty. Uh, Scotty with the short hair, less of a lingerie expert, um, but with robust Jane Austen credentials. Robust. I'm real happy about that rolled R you just did. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It was yeah. very posh. Uh, I was told you. specifically that we should make a point of talking to you about parlor dancing. So <laughs> I think that maybe we should save that for when we get to the parlor dancing we'll Except talk about that, parlor is dancing. there parlor dancing yes in... there is oh there yeah. is yes 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 yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Yes. great there sure yeah. is there's are there there's two parlor dances aren't there, there might be one? two scenes but there's one that specifically lizzie and wickham and mary knight that's mm-hmm. the yeah, one. yeah yeah that's, that's the one at, i'm thinking at, about well no, there's lizzie and at wickham. lucas lodge i think there's yeah. like the party at lucas yes. lodge mm-hmm. for charlotte there's lizzie and wickham there's also wickham and lydia i think and then for sure there's um Wickham and and that uggo Mary Knight. What a hat, Mary King. That uggo. I do not understand. My agreed. We'll we'll get to Mary Knight, but I just want to say now, Mary King. Thank you, Mary King. Oh my God, thank you, Scotty. Mary King. Robust. Yes, robust. Robust. I did not misrepresent the situation. Although I did say that Georgiana Darcy was in the piano, and that would have been way cooler. She was in the pianist. That was okay. yesterday on the Crowdcast. Yes. Boop, we can take that out. Um, but uh, what I want to say about Mary King is that it's a, in the box. It's like, ooh, she's a, a very plain, but she's got fat stacks of cash. So, of course, he's got to romance her, right? And then they cast... The most beautiful redhead 
this mm-hmm. like fairy princess, the most lovely young woman, like Elfin. maybe the best looking person in the entire miniseries, in give a or take. Gown that matches her eyes. Like yeah. just mm-hmm. bewitching, enchanting. And the only thing that I can think to make sense of it. Other than, like, she's a redhead, so maybe that just automatically made her a giant uggo at the time. Mm-hmm. I um, think that's part of it. That's, that's part of it. Thing. But yeah. it's Regency. Go with it. Unless you're yeah. a redhead, in which case we're going to drown you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is that the casting person was like, listen, are you seriously going to ask me to put a notice, Mary King, a real dog face, <laughs> and then cast someone? Instead, how about I just cast a very beautiful woman that no one could possibly mistake, like, like a traditionally beautiful, conventionally beautiful woman so that nobody has to feel bad and it'll just be weird. And I really hope that's what happened because it makes no sense. Well, I like it too because later Lydia Bennett refers to her as like a nasty, freckled little thing. So maybe they did it. Maybe they cast her as super gorge to further reflect upon Lydia's character. (laughs) How like self-aggrandizing and like just totally fucking self-absorbed Lydia is. Well. Like if I can't have Wickham, anyone who does is is dreadful. Yeah. Total uggo. Real Uh, butter face. problem with that theory is that when we get to thinking about the themes of the book and Lizzie is reckoning with her own pride and prejudice, it's a big part of her story or her, I guess, evolution that she also had these ungenerous thoughts about Mary King. Yeah. So either Lizzie, you know what? Lizzie's taste is actually more like Lydia's than she would like to admit. So actually, so that tracks. Actually, mm-hmm. I take it all back. That totally tracks. Lizzie Bennett. Mary- I love her, but she got to make some questionable decisions. She does. Yeah. So and King. I'm not talking about the walking through the mud. There's a lot of walking through mud in this episode, y'all. I'm talking about it. the fuck boy is who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Triple Wickham. Triple Wickham. Oh, God. What was the other next level joke in the crowd cast this week? Oh, Oh, Julia, I already told this to you in text, but I just, but I have to spell it out uh, for listeners. Those of you who are not in the crowdcast, which if you're on Patreon, please come join us on these crowdcasts. They're so fun. Um, Sunday, usually Sundays at noon. And if not, we'll post a different thing. Anyway. Um, central time. Noon at central, central time. Noon central. Yes. Um, uh, Janine was very disappointed in me. <laughs> so he was wearing this fuzzy black robe. <laughs> And when it's a, things, it's a, it's a dark brown, but like it does come off black, which yes. is important. It's very menacing looking, yes. and he and it has a hood, also important. Oh my god! And he pulled the <laughs> hood up. I think partially out of disappointment, but also because we were talking about Wickham. Like we were talking about like he sucks stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was he was glowering. We were also talking about being comfy. So I was like, yes, well, and this comfiness. Is, this is my comfiness. But I was also, in my PJs. Yes. Also, Scotty uh, these, was in her PJs. These things are also true that Allison has described. <laughs> yes. All of this matters because Janine put that robe up and he was on the Zoom and he was looking so foreboding. <laughs> and somebody, who was it? One of you must remember. Was it? Mary? Was it Mary? I think it was one of the Marys called him Emperor Pampleteen. 
my god. <sighs> so if you go jail, jail bunch second. Of, bunch of idiots. If if you go into the <sighs> slack, someone found cross stitching patterns for <laughs> Emperor Palpatine Wait, and for a can of oh, Pamplemousse yeah. LaCroix. They're so going to make it happen. They're going to find a way cuz Trample Wickham that that cross stitch that somebody started that last exists. week already done. Yeah, already we're good. Missed. We got yeah, it. It's there. been constructed. So now it's it's Emperor Pamplemousse. <laughs> <laughs> weird it's such a compliment it's such a compliment i love it i love it it's so nice and funny and when i saw those two patterns next to each other that's when i knew that i really like these people yes (laughs) i was like oh going in all right yeah it's real there were some deep joke cuts during the crowd cast it was pretty also amazing do you know about lizard butt julie i know about that's specifically what i was referring to Lizard yeah. brain and lizard butt, and it's something about unconscious desires or like subconscious things, right? And I don't your really vestigial know. tail. Okay. It's when your butt clenches in secondhand embarrassment for another person. Ooh, yeah. lizard butt. Like, yes. That's what I. They had yeah. to explain it like eighteen times before we were like, okay, I, I guess I get it. It's and so apparently, good. what they say is the bracket channel on the Slack just really went off the rails. Yeah. Oh, I do know that. So what I love like about this thing is <laughs> deep that, like, cuts of th- jokes in there. This is such a deep slack cut that we don't get. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I did so not get it at all. Like I'm, a whole I'm kind other of a, culture. I'm just like, oh boy, this is taking on a life of its own. And they shared the what the emoticon looks like, which is fucking. <laughs> it's gross. really upsetting. I hate it a lot. <laughs> Awesome. It's awesome. It's so funny. It's, it's so just cool. fucking ridiculous. Anyway, Julie, you were missed. Oh, it was fine. Um, however, I know time. you watched on your own, so should we so should we talk Let's about some PP PP episode three? PP three. My PP three by hey, Julie Starbird. <laughs> so Neil and I watched this one together, so there might be a lot of Neil jokes in here too. Hey. Oh, oh great. God. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. How do I mute this thing? Uh. <laughs> no, not that one, Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> you know, there are some people who just are like not invested in news about media at all who have no fucking idea what we're talking about. If listener, if that's you, just don't look it up. Just just know Do yourself that, a favor, let it go. Just, just know that go. there's a reason. Mm. Live with the ambiguity behind the phrase Zoom dick and yeah. let it live with you <laughs> forever. Let it live, watch Zoom Frozen dick. and rewatch the I mean, song, honestly, let it go, though, it is the first thing it. that you think let it would it be. It's yes. exactly what you think it is. Yes. Yeah. So, no need to delve any further. Here we go no, into my PP. Great. My PP3. All right, my PP3. Uh, we open, as always, with some sick ass stitching and then. Boom. Lydia and Kitty have some news. Do you know how I know they have news? Because they're running up the lane like they got to tell a bitch something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Lydia's in her little velvet beret that I love. And as a yes. beret bitch, I had to flag it. It is very cute. She, it's cute. It's good. <laughs> and they run up and they're like, Liz, Lizzie, Lizzie. Oh, my God. Well, guess what? Mr. Collins did get married to Charlotte Lucas. Married Engaged. Married. Well, yes. She accepted yet. his proposal. Pardon. That night. He went to her house that night. That night. The night after Lizzie said no to him, he just tromped down the street. Or no, that's where he was staying now, right? Because he was too humiliated to stay at the Bennett's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, here's a Take young him away woman. and feed Can I marry him. you? 
And I can't remember in the book, it may be longer than a night, but even <laughs> so, even still, like there's some complicated feelings with this. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. so best friend. Hey? He's just trying to tick off a box, man. He doesn't care who he marries just as long as he's married. He doesn't give a shit. There's a whole thing about how Charlotte is like, okay, well, clearly he wants to get married. And Lizzie said, no, I'm going to make this happen. And she looks out the window and she sees Mr. Collins strolling toward the house. So, I, so it's not the same night, but it's close. Like it's in very close proximity because he waited to propose till the end of his trip, basically. Um, and she looks out the window and she sees him coming and she's like, hmm, I feel like a casual stroll and just <laughs> goes out walking, assuming that he'll see her and then propose, which he does, which he does. Cause holy shit. <laughs> and I guess that Charlotte said, or in a flashback or in a cutaway scene where it's Lizzie saying how, why, why, how, uh, like that to Charlotte, Charlotte's like any man would be fine, I guess. Yeah, there's something to be said for, like, Charlotte's just kind of like, you know, listen. It's fucking I'm... practical. So the thing about Charlotte, Lizzie's 20. Charlotte is 27. Oh, her, that's a big difference. Her family only has daughters. Oh. And interestingly enough, Janine and your made-up Maria Solved version of PP, you <laughs> decided that Mr. Bennett had been a wealthy man who got knighted. Yeah. Mr. Bennett in the world in Austin's work is landed gentry. Mrs. Bennett is not, which is part of the reason the the Bingley sisters hate her so much. Is not only is she inappropriate, but she is common. Oh. Lord Lucas was successful in business and knighted. So he is very new to the landed new gentry. Money, new reach. Yeah. So when he says to the the Bingley sisters, like, oh, I'd be happy to introduce you at St. James's Court. That's why it's so they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine he, he we'd need his introduction. Anyway, mm-hmm. so all this is to say is like Charlotte. I forgot that Charlotte was older. She's twenty seven, and yeah. she just that the a, Lucas family only has daughters. There's something significant to that too, right? Because like at twenty, that's apparently appalling that they haven't gotten married yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Charlotte did what she had to do they were her family had probably given up on her actually yeah they I'm absolutely say, had oh, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna say that the lucases just generally thought that she was never gonna get married and so she sees an opportunity she swipes in you know and what she said too she uh, charlotte said like i don't really care for the romantic thing like that's not really I'm, it's m- one of lucy scott who plays this part ha- has not done a whole ton of acting at least on screen um, since Pride and Prejudice, it's less than 10 credits. Her most recent credit was a short in 2015. And before that was an episode of a TV show almost 10 years earlier. So she's not, wow. she is mostly retired or is mostly doing stage work or something um, because she's really good. And my favorite line reading of hers is when she goes, it's like, it's like she has to explain something to a child for just a second. And usually she and Lizzie, you can tell the reason they're friends is because they're both so intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually Lizzie is like right there with her. And in this case, this is like, a, oh, well, this is because I'm older. Okay. I forget sometimes about our age gap. I imagine this is how Julie feels talking to me sometimes. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she looks at her and she gets this look in her eyes. That's like, oh God, you baby, you tiny, teeny baby. And then she says, I'm not romantic you know i never was and i'm like yes bitch. Yeah. that's fine you're just like i just this is gonna suck but i can handle this and as we learn she certainly can it's like a very good situation she she knows what's <laughs> yeah. up she's handling her business and she's just like okay well i've got to get married 
this guy is really he's really looking for a wife so why not and she makes it happen and then it's just like well it's it reminded me a lot watching it this time of in the um in the 2019 little women the way that amy talks about marriage mm-hmm. um which is part of why i think that adaptation is so excellent it's oh, really great so it's, it's like mm-hmm. the amy redemption movie um <laughs> that and florence Pugh being adorable florence Pugh was so good she's so fucking good force of nature yeah, yeah. loved insanely it insanely good um anyway that is just that moment I really love. Yeah. So Charlotte is marrying that piece that we just savaged yeah. last week. So Which means she's going to inherit the Bennett estate. Yes. She literally just stepped right in because Collins is the one that's going to get that land. Yep. And now Charlotte's going to live in the house where the Bennett's live. Something I noticed on this rewatch, starting with this scene, but then especially later on, I realized how good the Lizzie Charlotte scenes are and how well suited those actors are for telling the story of that friendship. Mm-hmm. They are so simpatico and there's so much unspoken and like you see them understand each other and how in sync they are with tiny, subtle glances and breaths and every sentence they share with each other once Charlotte gets engaged to Mr. Collins is loaded with subtext. Oh yeah. It, they're some of my favorite. I was like, Oh, these are some of my favorite two person conversations in this mini series. Mm-hmm. They're, they're seen later together. Uh, after some time has passed is really great. It's a very good scene. Oh yeah. I find yeah. I can bear the solitude quite, quite cheerfully. Well. Quite cheerfully. <laughs> Wait, so at, since she is now the one who will be inheriting that estate, is that Longborn? Why? Is mm-hmm. it Longborn? Yes. So mm-hmm. is, is that why Mrs. Bennett has suddenly got a bee in her bonnet about? Oh, oh yeah. Because oh, she's yeah. suddenly like, oh, well, Charlotte is like lowborn. And now she's going to. No, start. Charlotte. No, Charlotte is a Lord's daughter. She's. A, oh, okay. yeah. Maybe Sir William Lucas. Sir William Lucas is her father. It and is just he more, was knighted. Yeah. And, he and was the, um, landed gentry is different. They were born the, that's, with a title. Yeah. Charlotte is new money, but she's not common because she's the daughter of a lord. Got it. Mrs. Bennett is not landed gentry. So she is mostly just p- because she loves a drama, right? Yeah. She's she an emotional hypochondriac as well as a physical hypochondriac. <laughs> so she likes to imagine Charlotte showing up, like grabbing her by the the edge of her frilly, frilly bonnet and throwing <laughs> her into the like the slops with the pigs. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of my house. The second yes. Mr. Bennett hits the dirt, a grasping, scheming Charlotte Lucas is going to throw them out on the street. Hilariously, oh, yes. this is actually the premise of Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> it is. It is literally the premise of Sense and Sensibility. Yep. Mrs. Bennett is incorrect. Charlotte is obviously a decent human being. Um, however... That is exactly what happens at the beginning of Sense and Sensibility. That is the beginning of Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. So, so there's um, that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I had another thought about that, though, Janine, and I can't remember what it it'll come up yeah it's gone whatever so we're back at longbourn all the girls are sitting around the fire with dad and mom just chilling in the family room style when all of a sudden a leather uh, leather leather from netherfield is what was coming out (laughs) a letter from netherfield shows up to jane to jane bennett from caroline bingley and the the hits oh. they just keep on coming. It's so good. It's it this is episode a study is like in shade. It's like it's like um it's like Beyonce only instead of hits it's um it's little daggers to the heart. Yes. <laughs> 
repeatedly tiny stabs every time she says something is just right aimed at Jane. Well, and when you you think about the, the week that Mrs. Bennett is having... That's this was the unkindest cut of all. Yeah, <laughs> this is the um, capper because Caroline and and Caroline Bingley's letter would be incredibly rude and um, manipulative and disdainful and condescending, even if it weren't accompanied by a montage of her looking incredibly pleased with herself. Oh yeah, um, which man? Ooh, I wrote Caroline is such a damn schemer. Yeah, just <laughs> it's not the word I'd use, but and then we we see in our montage a little glimpse of Georgina Darcy. Only it's Georgina Darcy as Caroline perceives her, as Jane and Lizzie presumably also perceive her because of her letter. Um, I, you know, spoilers, Janine. Uh, Georgina Darcy is not a giant butthole. She is a perfectly nice young lady who is a little bit shy. She's not a giant butthole, but man. Within the, within the scope of the Darcy's, shy people who don't know how to deal with other people. That's yeah, their jam. truly. Yes, yes in very different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but she's, she's actually a delight, a charming delight, and we will meet her in due course. So basically, Caroline's like, yeah, we just couldn't take the country anymore, so we moved back to London, and now my brother, he's going to definitely hook up with Georgiana, so you might as well just give up, okay? There would be no reason, so just give up. That's pretty much He's, what she says. We have no, we entertain no hopes of coming back to the country. And I'm so glad about that. Oof. Fuck them. So Jane is heartbroken, obviously. But Jane is so stoic and just, she does leave the room. She gets upset enough to stand up and leave the room while her father is talking, which is saying something because <laughs> Jane would typically never do something like that. So she just has to clear out. And then I have a note here, and I remember this from last week, too. What's up with the red cloaks that the girls wear? Are yeah, you, I, I read something too. about this one time that they you because you see them. Well, I you see them in like a lot of Regency movies that they're wearing little red capes. And the, the new Emma makes really good use of of the red capes. It is not a red riding hood thing. And I can't remember what the background is. I'll try. We'll make Keenan look it up when she comes. Okay. On the podcast, I was wondering there's, whether... there's a thing, and I can't remember what it is. I was wondering if it had to do with them going to see the soldiers because well, they wear red too. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because the note that I took is, oh, this costuming is fantastic because the girls are in their red capes and these officers are in their red regimentals, except for Lizzie, who stands out. Mm-hmm. And so I love that the girls and the officers are sort of visually together, but Lizzie is still her own person. Mm-hmm. Um. I was about to make uh, a very grumpy Handmaid's Tale joke. <sighs> oh, I felt it. That's why I took the note. However, <laughs> then it made me wonder if maybe, because the whole deal with the Handmaid's Tale is that everything that's in there, she set a rule for herself, where every, like every atrocity committed by that government has to have its basis somewhere in some country in the world at some point in history. None of it's entirely made up, right? Like it's just putting it all together that's, that's fictional right it didn't happen all at the same time so then it made me wonder if maybe it was like if the girls are out then they have a red cape oh yeah because that is a point Mm. later on with the 
Countess de Bois. Wouldn't that be so depressing? Oh my God. That's not it. That's heartbreaking. But I think that might be it because, like, I was questioning that too because it felt very like it's like a signal that they are out. Like maybe. It's Scott kind of has on Googling face, so I expect we're about I to am find out. Indeed, Googling. <laughs> because they are young enough to where they might not be out. I was going to so, say, because yeah. later, you know, we get the comment, oh, they're awful young to be out. And then this just makes me think, here's your one chance fancy, don't let me down. That's a little upsetting. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is essentially what it is. I'm going to get more wine Because... For <laughs> Go Mrs. for it, Bennett. I'll be Mrs. Back. Bennett is Senator Girls Uptown. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I never <laughs> really thought about it that way. Before. Julie, how is it possible now that we will probably never do karaoke again as long as we live? How is it possible that I never did that song at karaoke? I have no idea. And frankly, when people can do karaoke again, because I know it will come back, even if it's something where you have to have your own microphone and your own phone, like it will come back. It's just a thing. You should do that song, the first song. Okay. Your first song back at karaoke should be Fancy by Reba McIntyre. I've done other <laughs> Reba. I've just never done that one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Scotty mm. is still Googling. So oh, while I mean, she's oh. Googling. So. Oh, I can hear Neil. <laughs> I remember they're in there playing Catan tonight. It's Monday night. It's Catan night. The Lydia's first line is like a throwaway as the camera tightens in on her and Kitty looking at some fabric in a window. And I wrote it down verbatim because it made me laugh out loud. And it was like, that hideous cloth will do very well for Mary. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Would do very well for Mary, don't you think? They Mary's just bitch is so cold. You know what? No wonder Mary is such an asshole. Well, she just doesn't want to have any part of it. And you know what? I can respect that. Oh, but this is one thing I love about this miniseries. Speaking of Mary, I'm still Googling, don't worry. Um, is in the book, at least when I, the first time I read it was 10th grade. And you read it and you, you think, oh, Mr. Collins should pick Mary. She would be thrilled. They're the ideal yeah. couple. I love how the miniseries makes it explicit. Not with any added language, but having Mary standing in the background kind of wiggling her bust, looking looking interested in whatever Mr. Collins is reading or talking about, her eyes lighting up whenever he might happen to turn her way. When he says, like, when he asked Lizzie for the first two dances, she's, like, standing behind him and yearning. It's just, like, coming out of her, out of her bosom in his direction. I love it. <laughs> this is Mary's genius is that I didn't see any of that. Oh, yeah. She's, she like, fa- she's waiting for fading. Mr. Collins right, to... Fading. You even see it when Mr. Bennett is reading Mr. Collins' letter the day before he arrives. At dinner? You can yes. see her kind of being like, this guy sounds dope. <laughs> she like gives a little nod or, or something. She does a very subtle physical gesture that's like, oh, I can't wait to meet this guy. So yeah, they didn't add any text. They just made very explicit the connection that readers make. And it's really funny. They were just like, hey, listen, so... Uh, She's Mary, extra sad when they get back from Lucas Lodge celebrating the engagement. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you, you, don't have to go, you don't have a lot to go off of, Mary, so here's some motivation for you. There's, um... Yep. The, I think my favorite Lucas... Um, sorry, not Lucas scene. The, my favorite Collins-Mary interaction is still to come, but it is definitely... It's as good as it is because of all the stuff that Scotty is talking about right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, we got a ways yet. All right. And guess who shows up, y'all? 
Wickham. Wickham. <gasps> yes. Wickham. I He's don't back. know how I feel about you yet, Wickham. Yes, you, you know, do. You now know I do. How you feel but about in this well, now moment, you do, but I was he, like, you said he took you in. He took me in. I didn't know. Oh, hello, he Mo. Mo. Um, and he immediately, I don't like, I don't know why Lydia is always screaming about how she wants to hang out with Wickham and that Lizzie monopolizes Wickham's time. But then the moment she sees him, she just goes off with Denny. Because Lydia <laughs> is kind of horrible. You know what? <laughs> Bye, Lydia. Yeah. So we're left with just Lizzie and Wickham and they have to catch up. And the main uh, thrust of conversation is why the fuck weren't you at that party? Yeah. Because you he said, said you to be at that party. Nothing will keep me away. And yet you weren't there, so what the fuck? And he's all like, mm, I didn't want to cause a scene. And she's all like, I thought that's what it was. And you're like, <sighs> because but, of you. But we're like, magic. but sir, you said nothing mm -hmm. would keep you away. Ooh, you fucking liar. Also, it's like, don't you have anything else to talk about, bro? Except your fucking like weird drama going on with Darcy. But here's how he reintroduces that in the most masterful way of all time. Okay. He just goes. You know, with you, I, you're different. I feel like I can tell you everything. He's such a fucking snake. Which is, <laughs> once again, 100% the move of a predator. He has noted that he has cordoned her off and away from the herd, and now she's on his side, and he can, he can bring her in really now. Fucking predator. And it's really terrible. I, I even wrote, with you, <laughs> Wickham is back. With you, I must be entirely open. This guy. You fucking liar. <laughs> that line is just the way it's delivered. Most of the time, I come down on the side of I want actors to play intelligent characters as though they're excellent liars and they're excellent at faking whatever they're faking because it's always more interesting. Um, but in this case, I love that the dude who plays Wickham makes it so obvious that that's bullshit. <laughs> like, no. With you, I must be entirely open. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. where's your spotlight? Where is yeah. it, buddy? It's so phony, and it's just great. Oh, yeah. It's interesting in this scene, and I never noticed it before, is Lizzie, I don't know if she says to herself, like, oh, he went back on what he said. He said he wouldn't avoid Mr. Darcy, and then he did. I don't know if she clocks that, like, consciously, but she gives him a couple of little looks, like when she's talking about Mr. Collins marrying Charlotte. He's, and she says, you know, it worked out to everyone's satisfaction. And he's like, well, and to everyone's relief, I imagine. And she gives him a little look that's like, that's a little bit of an inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And then keeps walking. And then he says um, something like, uh, oh, talking about, oh, it's a shame that Mr. Bingley has gone back to London. It's people will miss him very much. And he's, he says something like, especially your sister, I know. And she clocks that, you know, like you can tell that she's like, oh, I'm not open. I talk about, like, I haven't talked to you about my sister's expectations. That's not right. an appropriate thing to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. You can infer it and that's fine, but I didn't bring it up. And so she notices that he like is slipping these things into the conversation. Mm -hmm. She's good. But still she's snookered. Yes, but I like that we see her. I like seeing her clock that. Okay. Um, she's she's okay with it enough to invite him over to the house. Yeah. Well, it's the same yeah. as in the last episode, Julie, when you pointed out when he goes, Lydia's fifteen. Oh yeah, the when same she thing. said when she said that. To, it's yeah, that same thing. Same it's like, mm -hmm. where there's just a little like, 
Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, my man. The thing I read about the red capes, and then we'll move on, yes. is that they they were just incredibly popular. Okay. And there was a, a fairly prominent ladies illustrator, Diana Somebody Somebody, and many of her sketches of like young ladies in the country, they were wearing these little red capes. I'm sure it has something to do with like military pride. Um, mm, mm -hmm. You know, that that red, that scarlet color is a super British thing, but it was just like, we see them in all these movies because they were bonkers popular. I think, I think that, make, I think that speaks, speaks also to why maybe the young kids were wearing them because it felt fashionable as well. Like that's like maybe Ooh. the next stage yeah. of that part of, of that How have we not said those capes? capes? <laughs> Those cloaks, but those those cloaks, cloaks. That's those cloaks, mark of someone. But they were definitely in country. Society. You saw them more in the countryside than you did in town. Okay, wonderful. So it also is a signifier that they're bumpkins. True. Okay. Yeah. How many tampons do they keep in the? Pockets of those things. That's <laughs> in their bum roll. Yeah, and they're are not there, enough. That's are there extra? Guess. Is it like a bat wing cloak? Like, are there like pockets <laughs> hidden everywhere? Who I knows? Hope. They're just to clarify, the bum rolls were a joke. I know that they didn't wear bum rolls in the Regency era. Okay. Obviously not. They're, they don't have. <laughs> Scotty had to lay down her cred. <laughs> well, the entire waist is unbelted in the in this era. Yeah. Oh, There's I do no actually. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to steal lingerie valor from Keenan. I'll let her talk okay. about it. So um, the next one I see is mom is snookered. Yeah. Because the minute this handsome guy walks into her house and gives her attention, she's like, oh, he's pretty nice. But then she also knows he doesn't have any money, right? She knows uh, that. Yeah. She says, like, even if he had five, six thousand pounds. It'd be so much nicer. Delightful. Yeah. So mm. she also is, she thinks he's cute and hot and all, but not rich enough. God, this people. And then uh, Mary, Liz, Lizzie says something to Mary about Wickham, about Darcy being an ass and Wickham like being a friend or whatever. And Mary's like, uh, your prejudice is really terrible. You should really work on that. It's a bad quality. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Mary sucks, but she's right. She's mm -hmm. not wrong. She's she not is wrong. not wrong. Mm -hmm. And then um, <laughs> about Mom, anything except for Mr. Collins. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Mary is wrong. A lot of the time, but she's a not lot. wrong about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like specifically this. And then he leaves or I don't sometimes time in this episode fucked with me a little bit because there was really foreshortened. Like it was like one scene in the wintertime and the next scene was in spring. Well, like we got some like weather montages yeah. um, from when Jane goes to stay in London. And they're yeah. so the, ugh, the weather is so beautiful. So I guess or, I mean, Wickham, the nature is so beautiful, not the weather. Oh, yeah. I guess Wickham leaves because I know he wasn't in the room for this conversation. I know the but, regiment goes and comes from the town, from Meryton. Mm -hmm. So maybe they like got sent out on a thing and then. It's know. still in the same like parlor or living room or whatever of Longbourn. And it's the Mrs. Bennett freaking out about the Bingley's actually leaving. Like she's really losing it. Like she's just throwing curses out in the air. She's talking about how Jane was our best hope and now we're fucked. Yeah. yeah. And just being gross. It's because uh, they get a letter. So this is yes. after that party, they get a letter from Caroline Bingley clarifying, like just to make sure you're very clear. We are never coming back to that hell hole. Basically. <laughs> yes. Oh, we were never 
return Jane Dia. Um, and then Lizzie and, and I really love this little moment. Lizzie and her dad banter about how um, it's good to be unlucky in love sometimes. It's good for your complexion, blah, 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 blah. And then then Mr. Bennett suggests that Lizzie gets get jilted by um, Wickham because what a lovely young man. He would do the job creditably. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and she says, uh, uh, you know, a less charming man would be fine for me. We cannot all expect Jane's good fortune. And they're just bantering, and I love it as a moment because it very clearly really hurts Jane's feelings. Oh, yeah, is this when she gets up and and walks out? And she leaves. Yes, this is when she gets up and walks out. It's one of those moments where I'm like, yep, see, Lizzie, part of the reason that Lizzie Bennett is such a great heroine is because she she really can be an asshole. Like Emma. She can yeah. be a bit of an asshole, mm-hmm. and um, that makes her journey more interesting, I think, because she's not uh, angelic. Well, and I love that. Um, I was talking to Janine about this yesterday, that Mr. Bennett is so funny, and we oh, yeah. love him. Yeah. But in this book, we will see, Austin is really pointing out that retreating into jokes instead of action is incredibly harmful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always go back and forth. I feel like every other time I watch this miniseries, which I have watched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How many times? Scooter. I have lost count. <laughs> you and me uh, both, girl. <laughs> I, I don't, I honestly, I was trying to remember the other day and I cannot. Um, I go back and forth between being like, oh my God, now that I am older and wiser in the ways of the world, Mrs. Bennett is so inappropriate. And then I flip to Mrs. Bennett is right. She is so <laughs> fucking right. Right. She is very inappropriate in her methods and very weak in her sense. <laughs> but she is not wrong. No. And she's an asshole to her children. Oh, yeah. She's an asshole. Yes. But well, the- look at her, like with the Lucases, like Mrs. Lucas, Lady Lucas is one of her best friends. And then like the awful thing she says about Charlotte when Charlotte gets engaged to Mr. Collins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry we see that dynamic happen again yeah but it's it, but the fascinating part about it is that she is she is horrible but she's a product of the society and oh, she has totally. to engage in oh yeah, yeah. yeah and that's yeah, why yeah. it's like so heartbreaking to see her so being so fucking horrible it's interesting because she has actually the same values as mr collins who is a clergyman but the thing that he worships is money status yeah mm-hmm. um and uh the Mr. Collins is not a good example. Let's say Caroline Bingley, Mr. Darcy, that quintet. Mm -hmm. They actually all have the same priorities. Mrs. Bennett just isn't appropriate in the way she expresses those priorities. And it's distasteful to hear it said out loud. But Mm -hmm. Caroline Bingley's a fucking gold digger too. Oh, yeah. She she wants to marry Mr. Darcy. They all are in this society with the exact same values. It's just how you express them and who decides what you're allowed to do. Of course, rich people set those rules. Oh, we're going to finish on a high crescendo of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, indeed we are. You are very right, Julie. Yeah. So um, I know that this scene ends with her dad, with Mr. Bennett, getting a sweet burn off because mom says something about, well, I'll just be dead and, you know, you're going to die and I'm going to be left here penniless with all these daughters, whatever she says. And he's like, let us flatter ourselves that I may outlive you. (laughs) And then he straight up exits stage left even. And I'm like, I support that. It was good. (laughs) It's a good line. 
Mm-hmm. It's a smart mother. If I recall, Janine really cracked up on that line. I did. I thought it was very good. Yeah. It was well delivered and well exited. Exumed. Then exited. Exumed. Exumed. The uh, Jane is upstairs. She's given up. She's Jane, so went sad. To, Jane went to bed at what I can only assume is 4 p.m. Yeah. yeah. Deeply relatable, <laughs> honestly. Like, <laughs> she yeah. was like, fuck this. I'm going to bed. Which, I'm, by the way, that's Tuesday for me. I'm yeah. into it. It's <laughs> not going to get any better. Yeah. I'm just going to take these braids out. And I'm going to lay down for seven hours. And then I'll get up and take a turn about the room. And then I'll lay down for another seven hours. And I'm going to do that for three days. Oh, Jane, honey. You know, she has one particular breakup perspective that I think is really valuable. Which is that she says she's grateful that he's not an asshole. At least I have not had that pain. Right, mm-hmm. where she has nothing that she can think badly of him. He, she, he gets to continue on in her estimation, being a good person. She just doesn't, doesn't get that to make have it worse. I think it makes it worse in the short term and probably better in the long term because then you're not carrying around a bunch of bitterness and anger. You but just... then you also don't have the embarrassment of having loved an unworthy person. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think maybe that's what she means when she says, I have nothing to reproach m- myself for. Now, I think oh, I find that she has plenty to reproach him with, but we'll talk yes, about that later. Mm-hmm. I also noted in this scene that during that, con- like Jane is a very, she's not a pushover. She is a very strong person because she has a very firm moral compass. And that is not that she is exacting on other people. She is believes the best in people and tries to respect other people and tries to be loving and understanding of all people. And she really sticks to her moral compass. Um, But I took a note somewhere that I was like, oh, Jane Bennett was maybe not actually a great role model for young Scotty. Um, because, Because I was, I was, I, I'm probably still trying to outgrow the, well, as long as I'm pleasant and nice and good and pretty, then people will like me and I will be deserving. And, um, uh, and, and that will be okay when it's, um, you do have to stick up for yourself and you cannot just take whatever shit people give you. And yeah. I don't know. I have some record. Like I, I reheard a lot of things through my 16 year old brain while rewatching it this time. I was like, Oh, Scooter, you, you could have been a little tougher. As Lizzie says to Jane in response to that, I would like to quote her. (laughs) The more I see of the world, the more I don't like. Oh, it was that's It's because she says you love, you love everything. The more I see it, the less I like. The the line from that scene, is, it's the same scene, but the one that gets me, Julie, is when she says, there are few people in the world who I truly love and even fewer of whom I think well. Yep. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great Ooh. line. Great line. That's an excellent thing to say to somebody you really love. Yeah. Like, Lizzie everybody else loves sucks. You're cool. Jane so much. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? You're beautiful. You're young. You're free. He left. Get out there! Like she tries to give her a little bump. Let's go up, do karaoke, like, girl. Come on! You, you are so hot. Do you know how hot you are, Jane? You are. You I'm are dying. I am dying. Have you looked at yourself? Jane, say it out. Repeat after me. Jane, Jane, repeat after me. I am a bad bitch. <laughs> yes. 
I like the idea of Regency karaoke, by the way. That just like really caught my eye. You know what yeah. they do? You know what song they do? Hmm. What? There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. <laughs> we all know that's Lydia's karaoke. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, but poor Lydia. Lizzie doesn't approve of it, but she thinks that song is funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Totally. Yeah. And Mary's trying to learn how to play it on the down low. <laughs> oh, you my just, God. You just broke Scotty. <laughs> Can you imagine Mary Bennett? Yes. Out yes. Wop. That's why I laughed so hard. I can absolutely imagine it. Because then she would say, biologically, the moistness of one's nether regions is tied to. And she would say, of the female genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally. Now, Mary Bennett explains WAP. Somebody hurry up and make a TikTok. Free TikTok idea. Anybody. Mary Bennett explains WAP. You're welcome. You have a week or we'll do it. <laughs> Let's put Janine in a bonnet, and we've got a hit. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. You guys, where is this party at? <laughs> that huh? party? Which? The party in the show. I'm like, a little get-together where? Yeah, I didn't quite get um, that either. Either uh, Mrs. Phillips' house or Lucas Lodge, right? Lucas Lodge is... Is it Lucas Lodge? Lucas Lodge is when Lizzie is talking to Charlotte at the party after they get engaged. So maybe this one is Mrs. Phillips' house. I think this one is Mrs. Phillips' house. Because somebody's in town. It's family from the city, long sleeves. Yes, 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 because Mrs. Phillips, Mrs. Bennett, and Mrs. Gardner, no, and Mr. Gardner are siblings. Yes. There you go. So they, it must be in town at Mrs. Phillips' house. Okay, so the Gardners come to town to visit. I love Gardner the Gardners. Is, Gardner is mom's brother. Yeah. And so that makes me a little sad for Mrs. Gardner because she automatically would get shunted in. No, here's the thing. Mrs. Gardner knows what's up. Mrs. Gardner knows. Yeah, the mom is an idiot. But Jane and, Liz and Lizzie, pure gold. Yeah. She loves. You're she right. Loves she does love them. She loves her nieces. Jane and Lizzie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. She loves Jane and Lizzie. <laughs> Yeah, like oh, very specifically, right. <laughs> yeah. only those two. Yeah, she Mary does not love the shit her, her nieces. She Lydia's loves kind of like not the coolest, and Kitty, she's with Lydia, so doesn't know what to make of it. And her, all so. of the the many many Phillips children love Jane. Hey, mm. Julie, what's our timestamp right now? Yeah, mm. we're at fifty five minutes in. Just let the record show that at fifty five minutes, Allison got out her basket of work and started embroidering. Oh no, she's been she's been straight stitching for oh, like about ten minutes. Yeah, she's actually she's been doing that for and, about twenty. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's quite accomplished. Though it's looking real There's good. There's some needlepoint in this house. There's some needlepoint in this house. There's some needlepoint in this house. Those leaves look. It does look great. really good. Oh, it's it's essentially stitch by number. It's not. But Fuck it's that. nice. Don't don't diminish it. That's really good. It's still. Nice. Oh, my goodness. Um, I am going to grab another cider. Y'all keep talking. Ooh, I'm going to go get another beer. No, I'll wait right. till you get back. No, no, we'll... no, no, no. It's okay. I can, I can, Aaron and I can Listen. helm this shit. Who's Aaron? You guys go. Yeah, go. Who's Aaron? Who's Aaron? Who I'm sorry, Aaron? Jenny. Oh, that's me. So Janine. <laughs> What's up? Let's get back to the Phillips house and talk about this party for a second. This fucking party is, uh, there's some oddly sexual moments in it that I don't know if they're supposed to be sexual, but I'm thinking I really only them. have one thing to say about this party. Okay. Mrs. Bennett's peppermint hair bows. <laughs> They're on. What the fuck is she wearing? Her hair, it almost looks like she's trying to look super young. Yeah. Or something. Well, there's like a weird, you know, I'm, th I'm now realizing what I was thinking at the time. It felt very flapper-ish. 
a little. Which Allison. is obviously not the right time period, but no. it felt very, very much like an attempt to be looking to look younger. Very much. Mrs. Bennett's peppermint hair bows at the party. What the fuck was that about? Mrs. Bennett's peppermint like red striped dress and the bows like up in her hair. Mwah, chef's kiss. Loved it. She looked so like, like candy. Was it that she was trying to? I couldn't tell what she was doing with that outfit, but it made me laugh. Oh, Allison, you're on mute. I liked that. Um, uh, yeah, Mrs. Phillips and Mrs. Mrs. Phillips looks like a Christmas tree ornament, and Mrs. Bennett looked like like ribbon candy. Yes. Um, yeah, they're like little Christmas outfits. Beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the deal is that she's ridiculous. Right. So yeah. like she she's costumed as such, right? Like she, and she's there's, girlish. She's very girlish. Yes. She loves to giggle. I and so I liked a regimental too in my time. <laughs> That's right. That's what I just said to uh, Janine as you guys were getting back on the call. I was yeah. like, I don't know if it's infantilizing her or what, but it definitely serves. It oh yeah, yeah she is right. infantilizing mm-hmm. herself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then she says something about the latest fashions to Miss Gardner. It's because Mrs. Gardner is wearing long Tell sleeves. Tell us about the fashions for long sleeves. Because all the ladies in the country are still wearing their farmer sleeves. There's some <laughs> sleeves in this house. There's some sleeves in this I house. Say, There's this some is, sleeves. This is one of those moments where I didn't pick up. I have to maybe watch something before I watch these episodes to just get myself used to stilted language. Because like, mm. I did not know what the fuck was going on in that conversation. Like I could not keep up. I... Just assume straight shade in all of these conversations. That's usually That's what I assume, but I want to know why they're shady. Uh, yeah, I mean, are they slim or are they thick? Money. Mrs. Money Phillips shady? and Mrs. No. Bennett share a similar level of silliness mm-hmm. and superficiality, and they both they feed each other so well. So, mm-hmm. like, think about the first episode when we meet Darcy and Bingley oh, so handsome, have you seen them, blah, blah, blah. And then once they find out that Darcy's even richer than Bingley, oh, he's far handsomer, don't you agree, sister? <laughs> but then yeah. once Darcy turns out to be a poophead and slights Lizzie, you know, I always thought he was disagreeable. So did I, sister. So basically that's all their conversations, is they just yeah. are, like, feeding and reinforcing each other. That's it's nonsense. Helpful because that makes it easier to, talk, to, like, listen to them. And what I will add to that is that... Um, in contrast, um, Mrs. Oh God, Gardner. Yes, thank you. Mrs. Gardner um, is a real one. Like Mrs. Gardner is cool. Mrs. Gardner mm-hmm. is a, a little bit younger, um, more intelligent, uh, possibly more educated. As mm-hmm. Mrs. Bennett shows zero evidence of interest in self improvement, <laughs> um, and is just like a like a sensible, thoughtful person. So when she comes in, it's like, oh, our sister from the city, and they both cannot control themselves. They just want to talk about the sleeves. And Mrs. Gardner, who has manners, treats them civilly, as mm-hmm. opposed to the contrast with Mrs. Bennett and Mrs. Phillips, who do not have manners. <laughs> they do not. They do not. <laughs> this is the first time that we hear the word Pemberley. Pemberley? Oh, that's right, because Mrs. Gardner's... From Derbyshire. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you should come down and see Pemberley. The, well, because... Pemberley. Or does Darcy, he lives at Pemberley. The reason they're talking about it is because Mr. Wickham is from Derbyshire. So, oh, yes. So they both knew Pemberley. Oh, Pemberley. 
Pemberley. I believe it's I think he brings it up. He says, I grew he up does. near there at Pemberley. He did. And yeah. you yeah. notice Pemberley. he said, he's like, oh, she's like, oh, like Allison said, like, she's like, oh, I love, I'm from there. I love it. You're from there too. I love that part of the country. Like a normal, pleasant person would. Mm-hmm. And Wickham goes, are you at all acquainted with that family? Yeah, he was, That's right. he was such a like, fucking like, sneak. Do you, do and she doesn't, I think, I think dancing starts so he like doesn't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, tr- he's already like, ooh. I actually wrote the quote down. Oh, Are good, you good, acquainted good. with the family? Yeah. yeah, and it feels like he's definitely, it's like that probe of like, okay, so do you know the venom I spit? Or do you mm-hmm. not? And therefore I spit harder. Like, or, I, or how do I play exactly. this? Yeah. Always yeah. how do I exactly. play this? Exactly. Yeah, this fucking snake mother. Mm-hmm. Fucking ticky ticky man. ticky ticky And then I think this is right before Charlotte and Mr. Collins are going to leave for Kent. Yeah, right? I believe yeah. they have already left and the plan is, and I think, yeah, you're, this is when Mariah comes up and says, Lizzie, please come with us. And Charlotte is actually there because Charlotte says, you simply must write me some fucking letters because you know how fucking bored I'm going to be. And I'm just going to need something it was from really you. Gen- it's a very genuine interaction. Right. And <laughs> I, like I am not saying just like one letter a month, bitch. Like, if you could write me a letter every hour of every day, that would be sweet. <laughs> it's like... When you finish writing a letter, consider, was there more to say? And then just start another one immediately. <laughs> dear, because dear Charlotte, since my last, I mailed you a letter. <laughs> I, dear I, Charlotte, since my last, I slept, woke I, up, had some toast, and now let's start again. I pressed my signal onto the wax and realized I forgot to tell you of my shoes. <laughs> yes. So, Charlotte, it's clear, is really going to miss Lizzie's company. Yeah. Um, and, and then and Lizzie Mar- says she'll go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll go visit you. And Mariah Lucas, who is Charlotte's little sister, is the uh, the actress is Lucy Davis. She's the gal who was in um, Sabrina is the uh, kitchen witch Aunt Hilda. Mm-hmm. She was also in Shaun of the Dead, and she was in the British Office. And anyway, she's Wonder Woman. Awesome. Wait, she's the yeah. she's, she's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's what the girlfriend, the Harry Potter girlfriend. Oh fucking a. Mm-hmm. Cool. I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm gonna watch Shaun of the Dead. She's, she's really charming. That movie is Wonder so Woman. awesome. I'm gonna Please rewatch. That's like the third time I've rewatched it during this apocalypse. So I'm gonna Please do enjoy. it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary King. This is where she shows up. All of a sudden, they start their dancing, and this dance seems to be in a much smaller square footage area, mm-hmm. obviously, than the big one that Lizzie and uh, Darcy were in a couple of episodes ago. This is obviously like super tiny parlor. So mm-hmm. there, I think there's only like three or four pairs of people. It yeah. was very small. I don't know why, but this felt so intimate. Not because it was small, oh, yeah. but like suddenly the interactions and like I just felt, I don't know, I felt like fucking WAP feet. 2.0, man. Like, good I God. I was just that's like, that's really some, interesting. I mean, if you think about going on here. dancing in a club or in a at a wedding versus dancing with your friends in your living room, I think you're yes. exactly right. It's mm-hmm. way more intimate. Yeah. And it's still and it a does... formal event because it's there are guests and it's a public-facing thing, but it's in someone's home. And it feels like the people on the couches are, like, literally on top of it, yeah. too. 
And yeah. as they noticed, like, you know, getting the fuck me eyes between <laughs> Wickham and King, like, they were just like, hey, what's going on with those two? Because it's She's our just fucking... coming to 10,000 pounds. Oh, that checks out. That's what's going That's on. Quite That's quite a virtue. Yes. <laughs> God, these people. What an ego. She's got 10 large. Well, in that <laughs> case, in Mrs. Gardner's defense, she is obviously joking. Yeah, yes. she's totally being yes. sarcastic. Like yes. she is yes. saying, like, "Oh yes, well that is quite a virtue." I, I, think, I think maybe she is trying to impart a little bit of watch out for Wickham when she says that to Lizzie, oh. just a little bit. Yeah, like, maybe. oh, well, you see how fast he started dancing with her. Maybe you should watch your ass. <laughs> so. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Don't give it over there because... Someone in the Slack was like, why is Lizzie giving such a break to Mr. Wickham and being like, yeah, of course, you know, 10, 10, 10 bones, what are you going to do? Um, when she was so hard on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I don't... And I think that's a good question, but I, it's also, it's like, you're 20 years old and your best friend is marrying an imbecile. Mm-hmm. It's so different from a man that you kind of like but don't know really well marrying a woman with a vast fortune. Yeah. Uh, I will say that when since she's also inheriting the Bennett estate, it is a lot of cash, and I do think that this is the prejudice, beca- not because she's prejudiced against Charlotte, but because mm-hmm. she's prejudiced in favor of Wickham, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she is predisposed to view his behavior through a positive filter. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he does a thing that she finds... Not reprehensible, but morally dubious. It's not a choice uh, she wants to make. And that she mm-hmm. does look down on Charlotte for a little bit. She understands it, but she does look down on them on her slightly. And her view on that evolves as well, right? Like Charlotte mm-hmm. has, she has agency. She's making her own decisions. And Lizzie sort of comes to recognize that. Um, but she is definitely prejudiced in favor of Mr. Wickham because everyone is joking openly about how he does not care about this girl. He obviously cares about her and he is just marrying her for money because she's such a dog face (laughs) because she's how could he you know they're doing that lovely parlor dance and it's the weirdest thing she enters the room and everybody goes (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) whoa do you need do you need us to pay a toll to cross the bridge mary king (laughs) yeah she, um, yeah, I think it was the redhead prejudice because I know that um, it has to be. She's it, transcendently it is, beautiful. It is unfortunately, I believe, connected to like a... the really ugly history of anti-Semitism in uh, oh, Europe. Yeah. Uh, Jewish people were a lot of times were in, uh, depicted as having red hair, and in particular, Judas Iscariot is often depicted as being a redhead. Oh, interesting. In certain periods of European art history. So they were like just really super fucking prejudiced against redheaded people. Interesting. Uh, so maybe that's it. Like, wow, redheaded women were just uggos. Just somehow there's just like underlying like you're redhead, you fucked, and it's yeah, just yeah like, it's that thing of like that. It, it the, and the pre- the stereotype kind of kind of persists today depending on where you are. But like they're untrustworthy, they're coarse, they're yeah. Ugh. My sister's redhead, and she's experienced that growing up, and it's Jeez. like it's fascinating because like. 
That was something I only learned out in adulthood. And I was like, people feel this way? What the fuck? Yeah. She had like, I mean, I like I won't speak for her t- entire experience, but I remember just what she shared with me is that like, you know, sometimes she got she got grief in weird ways, which I was never, I never understood. God, that's bizarre. Uh, be- just because she's redhead. It's like, wow. Okay. And I guess this is maybe, maybe contextualizing that a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I can talk about parlor dances maybe a little bit. Yes, please do. Okay. Because this is a, because this is the moment. They're parlor okay. dancing let's in a sexy all, way. Let's let's lay down some context, um, listeners of Podlander Drunk Cast who have really really high standard um, for their their Drunk Jane Austen podcast. Um, I took <laughs> their wait four, who? I took this is, this is their one, fourth in. <laughs> one period movement and dance class at the University of Virginia in two thousand and. That makes you an expert compared to us. Dope. Okay, great. And I did take 11 years of ballet. So, like, I've seen classical dance a fair bit. But, yeah, like, huge, huge grain of salt that I have just poured all over my computer. Here we go. Um, If you think about what the parlor dancing of the early 19th, late 17th, or sorry, late 18th, early 19th century is sandwiched between, we've got, like, formal court dances of the Renaissance, like Court of Queen Elizabeth, Louis XIV's balletic, really formal performative. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the sandwich, the other piece of bread, slice of baguette, whatever, uh, is is waltzing. (laughs) And we didn't, three, four time didn't exist in Jane Austen's time. Oh, that's, um, that's upsetting. But, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. So Good waltzing. God. You're so mad about it. <laughs> waltzing. And I love waltzing. I love waltzing. But um, it's it's fast and exciting, and you get swept along with it, and you kind of have to – a true sort of 19th century Viennese waltz, you have to be fully embraced in each other's arms because you need to, like, hold on to each other to keep the speed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is – something that doesn't have that level of physical contact because that was this was not an era where that level of physical contact happened so you would embrace hands gently you could also perform these dances without making any physical contact at all just moving through the patterns and that's sort of reflective of how people physically interacted in this era but it was also something that once you learned the patterns i mean it really was something that people went to took dancing lessons and they learned the steps and then you could go to whatever party and you could pick up a certain number of these dances. Mm -hmm. And as you see in this, they work in a grand, a huge ballroom at Pemberley. You just add on to the line or -hmm. you can do it with two couples, two couples in somebody's parlor. Do you think it was the same? Was it the actual same dance that they were doing in the scene that they were doing in the scene with Lizzie and Darcy? Could you tell? Oh, I'd have to go back and look. I don't no, know. No, that had more long diagonals. Yeah. 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 And that, that the dance was quite, yeah. that musical piece was is quite long. Like mm-hmm. that, Dar- Darcy and Lizzie are dancing for a long time. It, admittedly, they have to get all the dialogue taken care of. Yeah. Um, but they could be, depending oh, on the circumstance, I mean, it's what we know today as line dancing or contra dancing. I don't know if you've ever done contra dancing or no, square dancing. It all comes from this. It's something that, as, and especially too, as it got less formal and moved into like village and less affluent people, you learned a few of the steps, but then you could just have somebody call it out and you'd oh, have the call square out. Square dancing. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, and it's the sort of thing that like, once you know the basic steps, if somebody's just telling you what's next, then anybody can do it. It's accessible to everyone, but yeah. it can also be extremely formalized. And I've been telling Julie about the movie Bright Star, about um, <gasps> That's right. uh, Keats. And there's a scene where Fanny and her little brother, are, you see them like having their dancing lesson at home with a ballet master. And they're mm -hmm. working on their footwork to do these kinds of dances. That's awesome. Does anyone else feel like 2020 is going to, and 2021 and 2022, until we get a vaccine, is going to lead us to doing more square dancing or parlor dancing? Like not touching each other dancing? Yeah. Well, I think maybe tic <laughs> That's where my TikTok is actually in. sort of filling that. Oh, void. yeah. Fucking Christ. I'm learning so much about indigenous dancing right now. I'm fucking into it. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. I mean, I will not try to dance Janine... any of these things at the moment, but like, I'm into indigenous TikTok and I fucking love everything. Wow. About it. It's amazing. Yeah, Janine. Oh, That's I just saw cool. Jasper. Janine joined TikTok on one of the blackout days for, um, in this case, indigenous creators. Mm -hmm. um, so a bunch of his first likes and follows were of indigenous people, which curates what shows up in your feed. Which I fucking I, love. I'm so I get happy about loads awesome. of um, black creators because when I first joined TikTok, one of the first days I joined TikTok was a blackout day. Yeah, um, that's awesome. For the same reason. It's very cool. Yeah. However, uh, Janine, that's not what I was referring to. There's a whole other side of TikTok where all the youths all learn the same dances and repeat them many times over. Oh, yeah. you've seen the the twerk one. That's the yeah. one of the moment. Yeah. That's Oh, apparently. Oh, I didn't realize I was doing the twerk one, but apparently I have. That's because I've seen that's the person. Yeah. And then suddenly they twerk. And I was and like the first couple of videos I've seen of that. I've been like, this is inappropriate. You're too young. I can't watch this. I'm going to go someplace else. Is what I felt like. <laughs> it's there. Are, um... That's me. Whenever I watch like a high school or early college production of something like um, Cabaret, I'm like, oh, you're too young. I can't. I don't <laughs> want to watch an 18 year old like fossy their way across the stage it's deeply dis no, it's disturbing not. it's too close Listen, you're I work too young I can't, I can't i can't fucking deal with that shit yeah Fuck that. Mm -hmm. like, anyway the point is there are loads of tiktok dances and all of the youths all learn them wait should we learn one for our podlander tiktok Why oh my not? god you guys i will try if, if you want to see, I can see if I have my notes from that class and try to teach you a parlor dance and we can try to yes. figure out how to make a TikTok. <gasps> oh, I, I thought Janine I say, was like, saying we should all learn to do dances, renegade. No, I found the parlor right. dance is quite challenging. The footwork was fine. It's all ballet based, but um, the, I, I have a hard time. The older I get, the harder a time I have remembering choreography and the patterns are tough. I would love to learn that. Yeah, dude, Allison, that's what I was saying, but I like Scotty's idea better. Yeah, <laughs> Scotty's idea oh, is better. I thought that Janine was suggesting that like we all learn how to the do the renegade. No, renegade, renegade, not... renegade. No, no, no. no, no. I oh, want I'm not let's good do the parlor dancing. That. Let's the parlor dancing is much more accessible to me. I'll see so if I'm I can choreograph us a little thing. Awesome. Yes, I'm so excited. Again, that's my one nice. semester of like I you're don't know expert. if I have any notes. I can't you're promise an anything. You're an expert. It's fine. <laughs> All right. You are 100% more of an expert than we are. Yeah. yeah. The key the key is with the country dances, it it's it, uh, choreographically speaking, it has come down to us in contra dancing and square dancing and mm -hmm. line dancing. Uh, I can't wait for this. We should keep moving because we are going to need like at least 20 minutes to talk oh about the Oh my proposal. God, you're right. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We're, we're at 115 right now. So. Let's <laughs> fucking buzz through and get to the meat of the matter. Oh, but I have I think so much to talk about. Oh, shit. There's so well, much then pipe up immediately when I say something and then we'll get okay. into it. 
But if you don't have anything to say, just because we got to talk wall. about some Lady Catherine. We got to talk about some thoughts. shelves and some closets. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like a, it's like my first Chicago. Ooh, we got to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. We got to talk about Mariah Lucas's spin. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. Which drove and me we got to talk about that proposal. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So now we know that um, Jane did take Lizzie's advice and decided to fucking hike it off to London to go stay with her aunt and uncle so she can see what the fuck is actually up with Bingley. Like, what's going on here? So she drops in on Jane Bennett and Mrs. Hurst at their apartment at Grover Street, I guess. And I couldn't tell whether or not it was a big-ass house or apartments, but whatever. It's a big-ass house. Okay, Jane goes in, and she immediately figures out that Caroline Bingley just straight-up hates her. And she's like, okay. She's fine. like, this fucking sucks. I don't want to be here either. Fuck And you. then she thinks that, but because of that, she also thinks that maybe Bingley is done. Bingley's <sighs> over her. Oh, it's, it's depressing. depressing. Then we're back, and Lizzie takes a walk again. Wickham is back again. <laughs> What's Wickham doing? Just walking around. He's about to be engaged, is what he is. Right. Oh, but right. this time, he showed his ass by dancing with Mary at the party with uh, uh, Mary King. All night. And so now Lizzie gets a little bit more of him. Once again, just a little bit more of what he's all about. But she seems really good natured about it. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marry for money. Whatever. They're engaged now at this point, right? They're al- almost engaged. Almost engaged. Mm-hmm. Betrothed. That's the word. Yes. Impending betrothal. Yeah. Impending. But she's, Lizzie's like, yeah, whatever. Go for it, dude. Handsome then- young men must have something to live on as well as the plane. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte Lucas, on the other hand, can go fuck herself. Well, except now she's getting ready to go see her. So she's packing all her trunks and shit, and she's about to head out to Kent. And then Dad is like, "Please don't leave me here with them." I love this scene. That was such a it's such a fun interaction between the two of them, just going like, "Listen, we're the smartest motherfuckers here. We're yeah. we're, we're, we're Jane the is in London. This sucks. Like, You're gonna leave me. I'm gonna have nothing. Please don't go." Mary and might, like, Mary I might stab me. Don't do this to me. <laughs> and then um, I wrote that turquoise coat, which I presume has to be Lizzie's. I can't remember. Yes, Lizzie has a beautiful greenish blue coat. And a, mm-hmm. a yeah, red like rust colored. Yes, that's right. And then we see Lizzie and Charlotte see each other again for the first time in a while. And I'm like, Lizzie and Charlotte, why not that power couple? It's an incredible scene. They love each other. This is another one where I was like, oh, these two actors' interactions are some of the best of the whole miniseries. Oh, yeah. And then this is when we get to take the tour of the parsonage (laughs) at Rosings. What's the name of the actual house? Uh, I don't think it has a name. It's the the parsonage. He's the the rector of the living on Rosings Park. The so fucking stairs. Jesus. We take the tour. We take the tour of the house, and of course, Mr. Collins has to tell everybody about how all the shit came from Lady Catherine, and she helped him decorate. Blah blah blah. Now, Allison, please go. Closet with shelves. Shelves in the closet. <laughs> Fuck. Shelves in the closet. It's one of my favorite Jennifer Yeo line readings. In it's like it's so good. Shelves in the closet. It, it's so, because here's the thing, folks, in our, today, today, you open a closet, you find a bunch of really good, deep shelves. You're like, great, that's great. However, 
It is the only closet. And they live in fucking dresses. <laughs> yeah. They didn't hang their dresses. Yeah. Did they fold them? Yeah. Oh. So was she just thinking about each one for a different dress? I don't or know something? how it worked, it but they, seems... didn't, they didn't have hangers. They folded their dresses. She it was... just seems so inappropriate. She's not into the closet. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> no. give a shit. It does seem a little much. Right. For the Shelves leader. in the closet? I mean, this, this is following his uh, description of their one staircase and then his uh, lead-in of, and there are more. So many staircases and rooms. But yeah, Jesus. so it's clear that Lady Catherine doesn't give a fuck his, about this His guy. physical, uh, some people in the Slack or in the Crowdcast were commenting on his physical performance is genius. This is just another mm-hmm. like yeah. David Bamber's incredible. I do, I did read the, there's a companion book to this miniseries kind of in the manner of Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility Diaries um, that my 10th grade English teacher let me borrow that I read like eight times. Um, and I, so I know about David Bamber is they, his hair is actually kind of like mine. It's pretty like kind of silky and slippery. And so they, they greased up the front of his hair. So it would like kind of fall lankly over his forehead and they, they gave him a shiny upper lip and they Mm -hmm. also made his ears. They put something behind his ears. So his ears would stick out a little more so that he would just be a little bit awful to look at. Yesterday, Neil watching it with me was like, that guy right there, he's the shit. <laughs> and it's like, I know. He's so good. So good. He's a good actor. Very good. Yes. I think my favorite physical bit of his we're coming to now, and it's when, or pretty close, um, because our, our big news here, and we'll, I'm assuming, still talk about the Charlotte and Lizzie scene, which I love so much. Yes. We've already talked about it a little. Um, but we get two massive developments mm-hmm. at Rosings. One. Is that Anne de Berg drives up in her carriage to sit outside their home for a full 45 seconds? It is a very big development. Um, and she looks um, very sickly and cross. Oh, she will make him a proper wife. Um, which, is, uh, which is Lizzie going, oh, yeah, they deserve each other. Um, which is fun. Uh, and mm. then the other big development is, oh, the gentlemen are coming to Rosings Park. And that is my favorite. I've decided yes. that is my favorite Dan- David Bamber moment when he is running down the lane, trying to hold his hat on oh, his head. Yeah. Oh my God. When he can't breathe, but he's so excited and the and hat is flat. Just I couldn't like, sit in a carriage. Like, come, motherfucker run, can't run. run. With me. Come, we have to, gum, come, on, come. come on. Just, wait, oh my God, run. So good. And Lizzie and Charlotte a- just look at each other and keep walking. And Mariah takes the fuck off. Yeah, running. Like, oh, running. Uh, I th- my favorite thing, non-physical category, and that is, and this is a screenplay thing, is that he says, her nephew, Mr. Darcy, and his cousin, the Earl of Man, and goes through his entire ring of titles, even though he's totally out of breath. She's like, the Earl of Man, and it's just a whole bit because he cannot bear to not address them by their title. He can't just be like, hurry up, we have guests. It has to be like, oh, and it's just, it's the best. It's so he good. absolutely worship status. I, I'm just now realizing that he was probably a delight to work with because everyone thought he was so fucking stupid and funny. He, he was, was like, I, I would bet money have to believe that it. he yeah. was the, the Kate McKinnon of the Pride and Prejudice <laughs> cast. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the scene where Charlotte, right before Collins comes running down the lane, Charlotte tells Lizzie that solitude is uh, nice and she gets a lot of it. So fuck off. I'm yeah. smug. I made we the often, right choice. We often possibly 
pass a whole day with but several minutes in each other's company without even seeing each other i stay in this parlor he likes that other room that's fine i encourage it i encourage him to work in the garden and then he must walk to rosings (laughs) and i encourage him to walk even though it takes longer, but I do encourage. A lot. <laughs> so that shit's funny. Uh, all right, so we do go to Rosings, and here's where we meet Lady Catherine. What? Oh, my God. The intro shot introducing us to Lady Catherine is when delicious. It across the room. It just and lands the music is like, Her throne. We should call it her throne. Her throne of just like, hmm. Cold. Mm-hmm. I'm holding cold. She's very comfortable in her giant power. paintings of very dead birds on the wall behind her. And like a, yeah. And like she's a, covered in like lace, du- which Keenan pointed out, lace was incredibly expensive. Like all the lace she's wearing co- would cost as much as a really nice house. Lace was so fucking Damn. expensive. You People would leave lace in their wills. Really? Yeah, lace yeah. is something that like pearls today, like we cannot fathom how valuable they used to be before that you you could manufacture them. them yeah because yeah. lace was made by hand yeah. and think about oh, what lace yeah. looks like and like they so were, that like they weird she's like kind of wearing a lace tube on her head yeah. um mm-hmm. anyway it's a be- like oh god that introduction shot is it's so also good. a flex super flex total yeah because yeah. she's just like fuck y'all look at that i got lace money we it's, also uh, it must be said credit where it's due get a genuinely sick burn from mr collins in the intro to this scene and they're walking up the path and Lizzie is looking up and he's enumerating oh God, the number yeah. of windows, right? Like he's talking his whole thing and she says, yes, a prodigious number of windows indeed. And just kind of like pats her hat, just like idly. And he mm-hmm. goes, and Mr. Collins sees it <laughs> and says, <laughs> oh, you need right. not be insecure about your appearance, cousin. Uh, Lady Catherine will not mind if you are plainly dressed. She likes the preservation of rank reserve. She likes yes. to have rank preserved. The distinction of rank preserved. It's yep. so <laughs> funny. He's such a dick. But you know what? If you had a chance, if somebody, if you, you, if you earnestly ask someone to marry you, it wasn't earnest, but pretend it was. You ask someone to marry you, and they're like, thanks, but no thanks. And then you marry their best friend, and then that friend comes to visit. Wouldn't you also say she likes to have the rank preserved? Oh, he is trying um, to put Elizabeth in her place and show her what she's missing out on the entire fucking time. Oh, yeah. I got to say, though, the more you're around people that do that stuff, and I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who's now watching people doing that on a show... <laughs> I have found in my emails that I've been writing to people that I have slowly, I have to guard against the possibility that I'm writing something passive aggressive <laughs> in that regard where like, I'll be like, Oh, don't worry about this thing. It's fine. You know, no, sometimes people don't realize these things. And I'm just like, bro, Whoa. don't fucking write that shit. You know <laughs> what? Janine, be Delete better. Um, yeah. Be better. <laughs> fucking hell, man. So, you know, there's something to be said for being around that kind of passiveness. And mm-hmm. Collins just unfortunately has him become more of a dick. Seriously, where is David Bamber's Emmy? I just, he's so, so good. good. He deserved it. He's he really so did. He's so good. Do you know my favorite thing that he does in this thing. scene is whenever he's talking and Lady Catherine interrupts him, because <gasps> he goes, <gasps> and, sh- and shuts himself, shushes himself uh, That was my next note. With Collins his, I'm so sorry up. I stole your note. No, 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 oh, no, no. It's, good. it's you, good. Listener, you must know, Scotty and Julie and I all brought our fingers to our lips in unison, which is, again, the mark of a great performance because it's ju- it's a nonverbal thing. It's just a thing he does a few times, but every time so it is so funny. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is the conversation where Lady Catherine decides she's going to poke Lizzie. She's going to figure out what Lizzie's all about. She's so rude. Your friend is a very pretty sort of girl. Yeah, and she is uh, really direct because what the fuck does she care? That's what I'm saying. Mrs. Bennet would be more acceptable if she were richer. Because look at how Miss Bennet, or look at how Lady Catherine acts. Lady Catherine is abominable and behaves terribly, but she's so rich, no one can do anything about it. Exactly. If you were to rank the manners of everybody in Pride and Prejudice, one, no contest, Jane Bennett, no contest at all. Oh, yeah. The best manners of anyone that ever lived. Two and three, the gardeners, great manners, really great manners. After that, you skip like 15 places. Then you got Bingley. And then maybe Georgiana. Because Georgiana is shy, but she's good. And then you have Lizzie. And then you have to skip like five. Oh, no, you know what? Colonel Fitzwilliam, also good Colonel manners. Colonel Fitzwilliam. Is yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's in the top five. He has he's good manners. He's up there, too. Um, and, then, and then it just gets progressively worse from there. Because either it's people who can't be bothered or people who have no sense. It's like mm-hmm. Bingley and Jane are part of the reason they're so well suited to each other is because they're surrounded by imbeciles. Thank you, Janine. Mm-hmm. Um, just imbeciles. Uh, and the gardeners, the lowly gardeners, he's a lawyer. Oh. He works Ooh. for his money. Oh. Oh. They have the oh. best manager. Oh, the scandal. Horrible. Category non Jane Bennett people. They have the best manners of everybody. Is, <laughs> is that is the voices in last we just did the thing that's gonna be common for all PPs? There's always going to be somebody who's got that shit, yeah. Okay. But also, I, look for, I, look I mean, forward to perfecting that. Not the, yeah. I mean, there will be contemporary adaptations too. So yeah, mm-hmm. well, a but couple contem- you won't have to worry that's about. A, that's there a CPP. will always be someone that's like, oh, oh, I'm have a, you yeah. heard I, of blah blah blah? I look forward to being able to perfect that voice as we well, go on. Let's get it's started. It's a fun voice. Then. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So this is when Lady Catherine is poking Lizzie and is like. Wait, how many sisters do you have? Five. All five out at once. And she's just scandalized. And then Lizzie just keeps talking. Can I ask? And Lady Catherine cannot abide. She does not. That Lizzie continues to speak. Yeah. I have to Do you remember the moment where she turns all the way around like? She's like, why are you still talking? What? You speak your opinion very plainly for so young a person. This was a moment where I had a question that I didn't feel yeah. like I could ask while the show was running. Okay. What does it mean to be out? Oh, that's when the uh, girls are up for getting married. Presented and in society, which then mm-hmm. also equates marriage. Yes. Depending on how much money you have, it looks like different things. If you are nobility, you are presented at court to the king. And oh. there's and that's what debutante balls are. You're presented oh. in St. James, St. James's court. It's all about property. And it's about getting all the rich people to marry each other. And yeah. so when the girls are of age, they get presented and then people can, act to, can marry them. Which the um, Bennets don't have money and don't go to town, because, partially because they don't have money and partially because Mr. Bennett hates it. So they're out, but they're not like going to London for the winter, which is something yeah, you will see a lot season, in future books. Yeah, the season, mm-hmm. which yeah we'll see in future books, is the debutante ball season. So it's like culminating in the, in the ball at St. James's Court. But other people will have balls throughout town throughout the winter. And that's like your first season in town. You're going around saying like, hi, I'm marriageable now. And then hoping that people will ask your father for your hand. This is some fucked up shit. 
have yeah. I ever told yes. you? Erin, have I never? Yes, oh, sorry, Janine, have I never told you I got invited to make my debut? Yes. Yeah, this is a thing that happens in the United States. There's still too. debutante balls in the United States. I know there's still deb- I like I have a friend of mine from college. Uh, she was a part of debutante culture in Georgia. She mm-hmm. now is no longer a part of that. Um, but, oh, sorry. It's now obviously anyone, Does anyone more, else see Jasper in oh, the Oh, I see Jasper. It's hella cute. He's being super I see cute. him chilling in the hallway. Um, what I am, oh, belly turn. It's, still, it's belly more turn. of a um, charitable... Like, or at least, you know, it's still a country club event in Virginia, but well, it is raising money. Um, the the balls have a charitable function. You like the money you pay for your table <laughs> at the ball the or balls. whatever goes to the the children's hospital or, or whatever. What's fascinating to me about this, though, in the not the modern sense, but the what I'm this is not new information, by the way. This is drunk Janine, the man realizing <laughs> something um, that. This is like fucking. This is very, very literally selling women. Just yes. saying, like, hey, it's an open air market. Jesus, fuck, that's fucked. You got that it, buddy. So fucked. That's all women could do, man. Oh, that's so fucked. Oh, so well, basically, Charlotte, <laughs> like, it's like Charlotte is her her own realtor. Jesus. Yeah, it's like Charlotte yeah. was in that binning, and she was going to sell this house today. Yes. Marriage is an economic and legal contract. It is only very recently that it became romantic. It has always been an economic and legal contract. Oh, my God. It feels like... It is like a business a... decision and always has been. It is only recently that it has been about marriage. I like mean, about horse, uh, love. Like a horse stable is what it feels like, right? Yes. Like this, this horse is now ready for... Yes. Yeah. That's fucked. Sorry. Yeah, it and is. it's all about investing. What what kind of dowry does the woman come with? What kind of money do you? It's all it's all investment opportunity. I really need. Do you the, think she's fertile? Do you yeah. think her family produces good stock? Yeah, that's that's like the reason I needed to clarify this clarification. Firstborn really, sons I, I, in your family is that a thing? Oof. Any madness on any either side of your family yeah. tree? Any melancholia? I really needed this clarification because it felt like it was that shitty. Do you think she'll have boys? No. We can mm-hmm. see that it's that shitty. Good. Oh yeah, it's okay, that shitty. Great. Well, and um, and that's why Lady Catherine is so shocked by the fact that they're all out because typically you would have only a certain number of daughters be out at a time because again it's an economic situation. So Supply then you're demand kind of thing. well, and mm-hmm. also negotiating like how much land is going with each dowry. So the prudent thing would be for Lizzie and Jane say to be out. And then once Jane marries, then they'll put Mary, <laughs> they'll put <laughs> Mary in the lineup. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> right. And, um, and that's Lizzie's whole point and when she is sharing her opinion so freely, so wildly. She has thoughts of her own where she says she doesn't think that it would be fair for younger sisters to have to abstain from society because they couldn't go to these parties and shit if they weren't out. These, their younger sisters to have to abtain, abstain from society because the older ha- have no ability or inclination to marry. So that Which, is... What a modern perspective. And I think that line is the one that gets... Lady Catherine to do the full, like, zero Mostel yep. double take. Like. You speak your opinion very freely for so oh young God, a person. It's so awesome. And the fact that they put the camera so tight on her just for it shows that the director was like, this is this moment is this gold. Is, she's yeah, she's another piece of really gorgeous casting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wrote, <sighs> her stink eye is legendary. And <sighs> it's true because she has stank face. She's kind stank of a drag face. queen. Yeah. 
Oh, no, now this is where Colin runs down the... Collins run down the lane just thinking about this again makes me laugh all right uh and then uh Mr. Darcy and Colonel Fitzwilliam hit the scene um there's a great moment here that Neil and I watched like 10 times where it's the conversation between Colonel Fitzwilliam and Lizzie and it's kind of a mid-range close-up and then it pulls back and there's Darcy on a couch over there just, just staring, staring at her. Yes. Just fucking <laughs> just being fucking, fucking weird. Staring at her from a seated position this Jesus. time. So it's oh. even like he can be at his leisure They could throw peanuts at each other. At That's how close they are to each they other. They are very close Jesus, to each other. Jesus, bro. It's Avert so funny. the eyes. Neil and I had to rewind it like three or four times <laughs> just to watch the cut again because every time it made us laugh that he was just back there just like Hey. <laughs> And Charlotte so goes, this fun. must be a, a compliment to you, Lizzie. They would never have come to our, because they come to the parsonage to pay a call. That's right. Not oh. just to Rosings. Mm -hmm. They actually they come go down the from the big house and deign to visit the parsonage. And then well, Fitzwilliam also says, stairs. oh, Lizzie, yeah. I've heard. Yeah, they absolutely had to see the stairs. You're right about that. <laughs> but Fitzwilliam says, Colonel Fitzwilliam says, oh, I've heard so much about you. Right um, away, and, right out of the gate. And none of the praise was exaggerated, I can assure you. And Lizzie, um, in a bit of a dunce moment, it must be said, it's like, it's like oh, well, I'm, I have no doubt you've heard a lot about me, but I imagine it would be hard for the praise to be exaggerated. Mr. Darcy is my severest critic. And then it cuts back to him just being like, stare. Fucking Darcy, god damn it, dude. And then this is the note I have for the moment where he decides to leave the couch and walk over there. He stands up, walks over, and awkwards all over Lizzie's <laughs> oh, face. Oh, yeah. He really he's, like, he's like one too short pedestal away from a total pratfall, right? Where he would just like, he would just lean and just go, and then a yeah. vase falls on the floor and then he lands on the piano. Oh, yeah. It's the fencing. It Thank God for all of the fencing or he would have fallen right on his face. And I can't remember what they say to each other in that moment, but it's, I think it's probably about Colonel Fitzwilliam, right? They're just talking. They're just, no, they're talking about. Um, oh wait, no, you're this one. I don't remember. Yeah. Later, they end up chatting about his manners and stuff. Yeah, but that I think scene this is was, incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think this was just like a hey girl. Yeah, this one is very like, stilted and awkward, and and, she, and and when he leaves, she goes, "You see." He doesn't like yeah. me. <laughs> he hates me. Yeah, because it was most, mostly because she was like, why is he staring at me? And then he goes, oh, God, she, she knows. Oh, no, she no, this is, the, this is the 2020 COVID mead. meme. Yeah. I trust your family are in good health. Have you seen people sending that meme around? Because right. all no, our emails are it. like, I hope you're okay. Like, all our emails yep. now are like, I hope you and your family don't have COVID. And yes. so people have been sending that meme of him going, your family are in good health. This is his COVID meme. Yeah. Yes. Yep. No, it literally is. It is. Yes. This is one more where he's like, "Is everyone cool?" Yes. And then I don't know. <sighs> what, I don't have a follow up. I'm just gonna bow, walk away. And I will now. walk away now. <laughs> Fuck! I don't know what to do. Then Lizzie's out walking the property <gasps> this, again. This is primo nature, though. These shots. Oh yeah. They are in such green alleys of trees and grass that the only thing you see is green. It is. It is. Sexy because it looks like they are in Eden. In the woods. Dude, there is every, nothing. It is Everyone hot. on the podcast, we were all just like, we miss London. We miss being outside. We miss nature. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all you can think when watching this because it is just so fucking clear. I, I just got turned on. I was like, oh, this is like the <laughs> fecund fertility man. of the green and the... Oh. 
basement flood. I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna read Dune after this, which is about <laughs> n- where there's no trees. That's the there exact go, opposite. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm gonna do to counteract this feeling. So Lizzie's walking in the woods. All of a sudden, here comes a horse with a dude on it. Surprise! Not it's Darcy, <laughs> and he just goes. <sighs> what does she? What does he say to he does does he even say no, he just runs he away. He just looks at her he and then goes, stares Turn at her. the fucking horse. No, doesn't she say something no. about I'd rather be no. alone? No. no. She just looks at him and he's yes. like, yep. and he goes. Oh, and he Why does look it? incredible on this horse. He looks my, so good. He looks and so amazing. Fucking he doesn't say awkward anything. and horrible. My note is Darcy looking hurt inside on a horse. So I think he <laughs> probably has a moment where he's like, oh, I'm going to have to ask that poor bitch to marry me. Yes. Or something. Something right. like that. I'm going to have to ask that lucky. Oh, I see what you're saying. Poor, mm-hmm. that poor, poor, poor. impoverished mm-hmm. piece of Little ass. Little imp has gotten under my skin in a way that I cannot abide. Oh, Darcy. So um, then we've got Lizzie playing the piano. And remember how she told us once that she wasn't very good at it? She was right. She's not great. She's, she has not taken a lot of time to learn. And Lady Catherine reminds her that if she wants to be good at something, she should fucking practice it. Oh, my which God. Which I thought it's, was actually, it's, it was not the shadiest thing she said. Oh, it's was, pretty shady. It's shady. It's shady, but she's also like, more natural want... taste or inclination for music than I have. And if I had ever learned, I should, I should have been, been a great a true proficient. proficient. Yeah. Oh, that statement was uh, yeah. certainly oh, her being a dick. But uh, she but also this- says she can come practice anytime she wants in Mrs. Jenkinson's room. She will be in no one's way in that part of the house. And, and right. Mrs. Jenkins is the help. Yeah, Mrs. Oh, Jenkinson oh, is like is Anne's companion. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. I w- if someone said, hey, you have access to this p- piano where no one can hear you and you can mess up as much as you want, I'd be like, thank God, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but I recognize the shade of that. And she yeah, said this it is out the loud shade, in front like, of everyone. The yeah. piano <laughs> giving in Little yeah. Women, nice gesture, appreciated. Piano offering here, shady as fuck. Shady. Shady as fuck. Yeah. All right. And then, oh yeah, I, if I had ever learned, I have that quote. Should, right? should have been great. I wrote, so "Lady C like is exquisite" in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he when he goes in to talk to her while she's playing piano, and Fitzwilliam is sitting there, and they start having a conversation, and they're talking about how awkward he is, and his quote that I really liked, and that he really kind of dropped in on, and was very like honest, was, "I feel I am ill qualified to recommend myself to strangers." Meaning, I am uncomfortable talking in front of people I don't know, and uh, there you go. So I'm showing a little bit of vulnerability here. And then Lady Catherine says something from behind him, but the camera doesn't move. It's just him. And when she, when he hears her voice, his eyes roll like this. <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. I think that, that scene at the piano is so good, so well played, but it's also like classic rom-com it has become like that scene is in rom-coms now that like we hate each other but we fall in love because we push each other's buttons they're pushing Mm -hmm. like lizzie's like oh look here he comes to talk imagine mr darcy talking to people do you know colonel fitzwilliam he didn't talk to people in harvardshire and then he's like feeling so wrong-footed dances yeah that he's Mm -hmm. like i i feel i can't recommend myself to strangers or whatever good at it and it and that you know, you should take your aunt's advice and practice. Like, they're so like, and he's like, you always say what you want because you want everyone to 
oh no i can't remember but he says something to her about like how she expresses her opinions and wants a claim or she expresses other people's opinions about her. Yeah. Something like they, they dig at each other. Yeah. Like he's saying like, you think I think this about you. I don't think this about you is the subtext he's offering mm-hmm. because she's like, you must think this about me. And I'm telling everyone, you must think of this about me. He's like, listen, lady, I just don't know how to talk about people. I <laughs> you just get it. suck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then the next day, Lizzie is at the parsonage and she's seated in the parlor, which has this incredible flesh toned pink wallpaper with <laughs> fleur de lis like designs all over it that look like worms. Like it feels really claustrophobic in this room and it's on purpose. And I'm just like, the minute she's sitting there, I'm like, oh God, it makes my skin crawl. And then Darcy shows up well, and hang sits on. down. Oh, go. Yeah. She's go writing on. a letter to Jane. She's sitting at right. a little desk writing a letter to Jane. She covers it up. Neil actually was like, nice. She was afraid somebody's going to read it. He sits down and says nothing and just stares at her again for an uncomfortable amount of time. And then she's finally like, what do you want? And he's like, um, she's like, I'm writing a letter to my sister. And then they talk a little bit about her sister and about living near family. She brings up the London thing. And then he kind of ends it with, you don't want to live near your family, right? Which was like this moment of her going like, Oh, you've been and she's like, attention uh, to me. Okay, and then that scene kind of peters See, out I, because that's that's mm. not the actual proposal no, scene. No, I that's, and I read that differently. I read that mm-hmm. as Darcy. Darcy thinks he's flirting. Darcy says, "Like I do not think you would always want to be near Longbourn." And in his mind, he's going like, "Uh, uh, because you're gonna, because uh, because you're gonna move. To, you want to Pemberley, right? My and, house, and, maybe." Like, wink, 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 only it's like a Lucille Bluth, and he doesn't know how to wink, so he just does both <laughs> eyes, just right? Like closing his eyes. Whereas Lizzie is like, what, what the fuck? What do you, what is what this do you mean? Like, no, I guess I don't want to live at home. What are you talking? This is so weird. Is this supposed to be a burn? Because I don't get it. And he's like, ha, 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 wink, wink. And then when it doesn't work, he's like, and he just leaves. I got to go. And he leaves, and she's like, she actively like shakes her yeah, head. Yeah, like, she's that? like, "What was that?" Another successful gonna... interaction with a woman. I think there's a combination <laughs> of the two interactions there, right? Where yeah. he's like simultaneously thinking, "Hey, I'm flirting hard, and I'm doing a great job," and she's also going like, "Is this a flirt?" Because that's something I wouldn't have communicated is. to him, but that's a good observation. Yeah. But also, like, where is this what? motherfucker coming from? Like, I don't fucking what the fuck, Darcy. So the reason I brought up the letter with Jane is because. I'm like really appreciating how this miniseries is made on this rewatch. Mm-hmm. The, there's a beautiful shot that long period where Darcy's just not saying anything, and Lizzie is sitting in the chair, like raising her eyebrows, wondering what the fuck is going on. They're sitting opposite each other in the room, and then there's two windows in the middle, and then in between that is the desk with her letter to Jane on it. And I love that in this conversation about like. You, we find out that Lizzie's family is the big obstacle, right? Mm-hmm. And so here they are sitting in this room together with Lizzie's connection to her family, oh, literally dividing them in the middle oh, of the shit. room. Her letter that to Jane is, cool. is like right smack in the middle. And I was like, oh, that is a gorgeously set up shot for this scene. Damn. That's so nice. The less nice thing I have to say is like, I don't know why, but it is so hot when he says, I would not wish to intrude upon your privacy. <laughs> Basement flooded. I don't know why, but every time like she's sitting there and he walks in and he goes, I have no wish to intrude upon your privacy. Oh, gosh. 
I, oh. <laughs> 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 Scotty's like, do invade, do. You can intrude upon my privacy. Privacy, anytime. Let's talk so more then, about my privacy. So Lizzie goes for another walk. Well, Lizzie's on the move in this episode. Listen, you and gotta walk time, it out sometimes. She's with Colonel Fitzwilliam. This is my favorite Lizzie outfit. She looks like an angel. She looks great and in this outfit. he drops the hint that um, Darcy is actually the one that got Bingley to move to London. And Lizzie is pissed. She, she develops and she says maybe there was quick. less attack. You know, maybe there wasn't that much attachment on the part of the gentleman. And he goes, perhaps, but that would lessen the significance of my cousin's achievement in breaking them up. And it just right. and Lizzie, digs and Lizzie a knife is, through Lizzie's ribs. And oh. you see her take a step back because she's reeling with this new information. And Fitzwilliam is like, are you okay, girl? And she's like, I don't feel good. <sighs> so I think I'm going to go back to the parsonage now. And so once again, I'm going to get under a blanket. I'm going to lay there for seven hours. Then I'm going to get up <laughs> and I'm going to write a letter. And then I'm going to lay down again. So she goes she loves and she Jane just... So I just like, I love this scene because she loves Jane so much yeah and when she finds out that like her sister who she loves has been separated from the man that she loves she is furious and oh she loves well, james so much it's that compounded fact of effect of darcy is something that lizzie goes kind of a dick i don't like this guy yeah suddenly, so that he went darcy, for her sister yeah like murder fucking attacked her fucking sister on top of saying oh lizzie's not handsome enough oh she's not handsome yeah like, that's a good that point janine you like, went for my sister like fuck you man fuck that that's like a fuck that's fucked up let the record show that when Janine was watching this episode after this scene with Colonel Fitzwilliam, after this scene, Janine mm -hmm. goes, wow, that's a rough day for Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> Little did, did you and Allison just start laughing immediately. Yeah, and I wrote it down in my notes. I was like, ah. <laughs> Everyone was like, uh, just wait. And I was like, just hold on. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, no, this is a fucking horrible day. So speaking of, she's got the headache, so she gets to beg off dinner at Rosings. So she, they leave her alone at the parsonage in her privacy to fucking deal with her lady problems. <laughs> Whatever. She's probably got cramps. She's probably she's on the rag. Yeah. So she's just by herself taking some quiet time to mull over this information she just learned, and she is mad. Oh. And guess who shows up? The fucking hearts this of her fucking pain. Fucking, fucking guy. Darcy. God. He just walks in like he owns the fucking joint. Once again, this for the second time, into a room with her where she is alone, which is also a sign of disrespect. But you also know that, like, they went to Rosings for dinner. He left dinner. Yes. And to came come over. Back to the house where she was by herself, which is also sketchy. And she's just like, what? Why? She is so are still and furious. And she brings it in because she just wants to fucking figure it out. And then he just comes in and straight up is like, I've tried to stop loving you because you're a piece of shit, but I can't. I love you. In vain. So let's get in vain oh, I have struggled. It so will much. not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You I... must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and I... love you. But he doesn't admire. In the but fucking dick. It's such a lie, though, because he doesn't admire her. He thinks he admires her. In vain, her. I have struggled against yeah. my better feelings, against my better judgment, against the wishes of my family. I know everyone will be mad at me, but please do me the honor and ease my suffering. 
by marrying dick. me. Just a giant <sighs> fucking dick that deserves to be I punched. don't care what happens with my family. Fuck them. That money is mine. So I can marry you, you little piece of gutter trash. That's essentially what he's saying to her. It was such a fucking and he And he truly believes... He believes he's that right. This is a, that he is right. That her family is incredibly inappropriate. That she is an unsuitable candidate for him. He is embarrassed and upset that he loves her. And believes that he is doing this the right gentlemanly way. He needs <sighs> to be punched in the dick. To know and then that that's I wrote okay. that this is also where that pink parlor really shines because it really feels like they're enclosed inside of a flesh it's box so good. and they can't get out. And it oh, it's, it must have been so fun to real. film because it's mm -hmm. just a good two person dialogue scene. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she just her reaction to it is so wonderful. She kills him. Yeah, because she is just, she finishes well, him. He deserves yeah. every awful thing she says to him, and in particular, you see it when she says. The manner of your proposal only spared me the like you know, any discomfort concern of guilt. I any would concern have I might have felt in refusing you in refusing you if had you, you had behaved in a more, more gentlemanlike gentleman -like manner. And he blinks and like kind of yeah. jerks back. And she goes on and on to say your manners show selfish disdain and conceit and like complete lack of certain concern for the feelings of others. She really says you are ungentlemanly and uncouth, and this is inappropriate. And it is amazing to watch when you know what's coming to see that hit, to say you have not been a gentleman and she is absolutely right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then and it hits him real it, hard. the thing it I love him. about the way that Colin Firth plays this scene is he, you like you see that impact. You're absolutely right, Scotty. And it takes his breath away. Mm -hmm. And then he recoils with anger, which is how people react, right? Like mm -hmm. if somebody hits you with something like that, especially if it is just like uh, the kind of thing you don't ever want to think about yourself, even if you sense the trueness of it, people many times will lash out in return. Right. Which is why he says like, forgive me for me taking up so much of your time. Of your right. But then also even at the end, um, forgive me if I've taken up too much of your time. Right. Like you can just see the disdain, like dripping off, even though mm. you know that the basis of it is this mortification and self-loathing because the second she says it, he knows he deserves it. It's just like the rest of his psyche rebels and tries to push it away. He's so, they're both so good in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a, it's a, it, it really is a, I mean, to your point, Allison, like it is very good at, at representation of how humans react to what they think we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Even though you're given this kind of moment where you're like, fuck, I am a dick <laughs> and I, and society has told me that I shouldn't have to acknowledge that I'm being a dick. So I don't know how to deal with the fact that now mm -hmm. I acknowledge that I'm a dick. And so, fuck you. I just wrote, what a <laughs> terrible proposal. Yeah. It's really fucking horrible. And then I wrote, no notes, literally. <laughs> and that was my last note. Is that, is that what happens? That's what happens when I got fucking Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum Channing. Tatum Channing? Chatham Tating. Chatham Tating. No notes. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> so we end with Darcy huffing away from the parsonage <sighs> and Lizzie breathing heavily in her rage. Yeah, Jennifer Eel gets her. There's the that legendary story about, I cannot remember her name, but the actress that Shaw wrote for all the time. Um, 
that he thought was so magnificent. Uh, and there were all of these reviews about touting her performance in one of his plays um, because she blushed on stage. The blush, right? The blush. Mm -hmm. um, which is, I mean, that means you're summoning a physical reaction that's based in emotion. And it's like, it is understandable why that would be a mark of great acting. But Jennifer Eel, that's I, the whole time I was like, oh, it's the blush. She's out of breath. Like her eyes look a little bit nuts. She is so angry, like vibrating with rage. And then just looks so up bereft and clearly doesn't understand why she's so upset. Like there's so much going on. God, what a good scene. This is, is great scene. Scotty went back and forth about which episode she wanted to guest on. And ultimately just like did this one right it was just like fine what the fuck because her other choice you'll understand there's another moment that's like oh transcendent <laughs> um but the proposal scene it's hard yeah. to beat that's hard to beat it's got one rival and it's in the next episode and i won't say anything about it because i don't yeah. want to give it away to janine <laughs> i'm curious janine because you okay i i share that you said like wow what a bad day for lizzie what did you think when darcy said in vain, I have struggled. It will not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell me, to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. Okay, so I had two reactions, yeah. and they were right on top of each other because <laughs> one is a uh, kind of growing up response, and the other one is now a learned I should be better response, uh, blanket response. Let's say it that way. Yes. <laughs> um, so my first response was, "Oh, okay." Uh, yay, Darcy, you've acknowledged your feelings. And then my blanket response was, holy fuck, what a fucking horrible fucking way to talk about your feelings, bro. Like, dude, that was not okay. You're saying to this woman, like, hey, I've repressed myself so much that now I've gotten to the point where I can't repress it anymore, and therefore that's why I'm now... I repressed it because you're poor and a piece of shit. Yeah, and like your family is god awful. I'm now, yeah, I'm honestly talking to you about how I feel about you, even though all these things fucking suck about you. So yeah. I had, yeah, and he kind of says that. Like, would you rather I not tell you all all how awful I think your family are? Yeah, like, oh, here's my honesty. My honesty it should make should make you appreciate. Yeah, this is a yes. common argument you'll hear. <sighs> let's just say it from men who'll say like, well, what did you want me to lie? Do you want me to not be honest about my opinion? This is just my opinion to uh, let's ignore the fact that no one asked you for your fucking no opinion. Asked. No one, Mark or like <laughs> Brian, like whoever the fuck you are. She was literally just chilling in the parlor, trying to quell her rage. I was just here just with, I was trying to in. relax with my basket of work and you come in here with your high ass collar and your curly ass hair, just saying how much you, oh, how, because there's one little nugget that's good. How ardently, I admire and love you. And it's buried in bullshit. It's buried in so much terrible bullshit. Ooh, and she does say, like, I know what you did to Wickham. And he says, oh, that man. Oh, he goes, oh, oh, oh you did. That man, his mis... She's like, yes, how could, how could I not... Hearing of his misfortunes, like, feel for him. His, he goes, his misfortunes. Oh, his misfortunes have been great indeed. So she, like, tells him, like, hey, I know something's up with Wickham. And I 
think badly of you for it. Yeah, it's important, mm-hmm. Janine, to remember that Lizzie somehow, unprompted, is able to itemize her list of grievances. <laughs> like, there's like bullet point after bullet point, right? She's like, no, absolutely not, because you were shitty when I met you, and then you were shittier, and then you were really shitty to my sister, and also, you were really shitty to Wickham. And on top of all of that, did you actually hear any of what you just said to me? Here's why she's so good at that. The reason being is because, one, she's smarter than the average bear. She is. Two, she is also in a scenario where she has been, she is the one who's put upon to have to think about those things faster than men, right? Where, like, she is the one who has to be able to understand her feelings as they they are related to a man's feelings versus the man who doesn't have to think about that shit. So, like, as this dude shows up and is like, hey, so I fucking love you and you are horrible, <laughs> she has to be the one who, as, through her entire 20 years of life, has had to go, okay, so, listen, I know people think about them, and she is now to a point where she can fucking, um, in, in a way that I cannot because I am drunk, uh, <laughs> Like, Tell him what's up. Like, uh, fucking list out. Yeah. Hey, so by the way, don't be a dick, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> Jesus. That's essentially what she says. Actually, if I look in the book, that's the actual quote. Is that the subtext? That's the Cliff yes. Notes version, right? Lizzie looked into his dark brown eyes and said, hey, don't be a fuck. <laughs> dick. God fucking Christ, man. Well, yeah, that's, oh. that's, a, that's, the, that's the end of our story. Mm-hmm. Story for this evening, um, but we have a new segment to institute, what? which I'm very excited about. We need new scales. So, oh yes, did we get did we get some suggestions? Yes, we got a few mm-hmm. suggestions, and I, I was able to sort of group them because there are a lot of similarities. It, basically, we're what it, it results in is we're doing the same scale with one big change, and they all have sort of different names. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm into it. Um, it's going to be fun. Thank you to everybody who suggested things. Uh, you were all hilarious and wonderful. And if it's not your exact name, just know all the suggestions went into narrowing these four. So um, as opposed to uh, coitus and costumes and <laughs> getting up to get a drink, uh, we are going to have for costumes, we're going to call that the Elevenses scale. <laughs> Where it is mostly just costumes, but we'll also talk about the elevenses. Like, could you balance a teacup on them? Um, But mostly it's going to be costumes. But we're calling it the elevenses scale. There is a full name, however. I have a a question. Yes, go ahead. Oh, no, no, eventual question. No, don't. Okay. So the full, we'll just call it elevenses. But uh, the full suggestion is the elevenses scale for a Stanian boobage. So that's uh, that's from Larissa. It came up with that name. So the costumes, pretty good. lots of demand for still talking about costumes, and we are calling it the Elevens scale. Um, then uh, we are going to do um, our our doing it scale. Only obviously it's not doing it. So it's it's the sexual tension scale, and this is a reference that won't make sense to you, Janine, just yet, and Julie, I'm not sure about you, um, but a lot of listeners will understand why we're calling it this. It's the hand flex scale. Oh, I've read enough to know what okay. that is. So yeah, the fucking don't know shit about that. It's, fine. it's the okay. hand flex scale you, for sexual soon. tension. A few okay. weeks, you will know. 
I look forward That's to two. That's uh, two. Then um, for the getting up to get a drink scale, that is now the turn about the room scale. Are you comfortable getting up to take a turn about the room or do you need to stay in the same place? Instead of the golden pamplemousse, as you know, we're giving out the golden butthole. And then the last one is, and this is, we will probably let this one go for like persuasion and maybe Mansfield Park. Um, but other than that, Ugh, I hated it. but, but other than that, this is the great thing about these is they can all continue. Right. And, and this mm-hmm. one included, although we might let it slide for a couple of the books, um, that they've asked for a sickest burn scale, <laughs> um, <gasps> Boo. which for oh. Austin makes a ton of sense. Ooh. So oh, yeah. you can get sick burns. Oh, I mean, some, there were, so, there were several there, here. Yeah, there is some in this movie. And when we do the gold butthole, we will also talk about the greatest performances. If the golden butthole is going to someone who's not a butthole, then they'll get like an honorable mention and then we'll pick the actual golden butthole. But still costumes, coitus, and getting a drink. It's just now they're called okay. different things. And then we're also going to do a sickest burn and the golden butthole. So let's start with the golden butthole because I know who I think the golden butthole is in this one. You want to say Lady Catherine, but it's really Darcy. It's Darcy. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely yeah. Darcy. Darcy. It yeah. really is Darcy. He's just a big, giant he, fucking butt. That last scene is like the entire point of this entire episode, and he's just such a massive butthole. Such a butthole. He likes, is sucking stars in and killing them. That's how big <laughs> his butthole is. It's he's a gaping maw. <laughs> yeah, he's the fucking black hole of butthole. He deserves everything she throws at him. She, yes. he, do, he does. And you know what? It is not the biggest butthole moment. It's... It's Darcy's biggest butthole moment, but it's not the biggest butthole moment in the series. That no. is still to come. And she is not right about everything she accuses him of, as we will find out. But he deserves everything that she throws at yes. him. He totally does. Yes. So we're in agreement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> we want. We also want to say Lady Catherine is a, a, a golden butthole. And you know, she, I think that this uh, is fucking on bat. <laughs> yeah she's she's up yeah. next yeah, yeah. the ready. understudy she's majestic yeah. um yeah. i think that i'm glad that darcy is our butthole because that's also like the secret golden pample moose would also be darcy i think colin firth is so good in that final scene i mean they're amazing together um but i think in this episode in particular usually i would say the bedrock of this series is jennifer eel uh the standout of this series is david bamber but i do think that this episode is colin firth's best episode i will say Mm -hmm. too that this is the first this is the first episode where uh i saw that colin firth is the reason why people like him as a Darcy. Right? Yeah. Like I, I don't get it before this moment, uh, but I saw it in this moment where he has some tender things. He has some things going on. He is a giant fucking golden butthole. You but need like, that piano scene with Colonel Fitzwilliam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need yeah. that, like that. Those <laughs> that you need them Awkward. having a real conversation yeah. without Mrs. Bennett or the Bingley sisters or lady Catherine listening. It's, it's yeah. like that meme of, um, the, and I um, I apologize. I don't know what animated thing it's from. I think maybe it's anime, but it's the guy with the glasses, the anime guy with glasses standing, pointing at a butterfly. Yeah. And then yeah. it'll say, is this blank? Only he would say, is this flirting? <laughs> is this romance? <laughs> right? Like he does not know. He does not know. Is that from Sailor Moon? That might be Please maybe. put a top hat on that meme and then it'll be a Pride and Prejudice meme. It'll be a Darcy. Yep. Yeah, totally. And th- this is a, I, I'm essentially a Pride and Prejudice memes shop. Now. That's all I got. <laughs> I, um, I don't know 
know how much time any of you spend on Twitter, but my new favorite hobby is um, waiting for Cardi B to tweet something and then retweeting it to make it seem like it's about Lydia Bennett. <laughs> it works surprisingly well. Your, your hobbies are different from mine. There was, <laughs> there was one where it was like, where it was like Jane, um, and Angel on Earth, Lizzie, has something more sense than her sisters. Kitty coughs too much. Mary, a stick in the mud. Um, and then Lydia, and then the Cardi B tweet was, I'm the type to... I'm the type to play with your dick with my feet at the table. Oh, my God. Actually, that is a Lydia thing. Perfect. It is. It's really totally. fun. It's been really fun. Like, I know that sounds lame, but it's 2020. No, that's just no, hilarious. I just, every time she pops up in my feed, I just think, how can I apply this to Lydia Bennett? <laughs> it's very entertaining. <laughs> What's our next scale? <laughs> Uh, well, we did golden butthole. Is it hand flags? Uh, let's do no, no, no costumes. So, costumes. Uh, what's oh. everybody your pick for the best costume of the episode? Lots of choices. Lizzie's uh, park walk. Park walk. Which one? There's like five. <laughs> uh, with Fitz, with Fitzgerald. Fitzwilliam. Oh, Janine got a little bounced. Hey, sorry. This is like uh, uh, the end of the second bottle. <laughs> Oh, oh, baby shit. boy. Well, the first bottle was only half a bottle, so really I'm at a full bottle with the baby next Baby boy. Uh, anyway, what He's I allowed to, to get bounced. Is, uh, <laughs> hey, Jasper, it's Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, what I mean to say... Wait, what did I mean to say? I don't yeah. know, honey. <laughs> it's got something to do with costumes, though. Oh, costumes. Uh, her, her walk when she got a headache. Yeah, oh, okay. that's maybe that my walk. favorite Lizzie costume in the series. I just think she looks good as hell. Um, I did notice in the piano scene, her 11s looked sublime and she was wearing long sleeves like her aunt Gardner. So she had on like a green satin dress that had long sleeves over so it. And I was like, oh, that's, it's just such a good mini series and so thoughtfully and beautifully made. Mm -hmm. Yes, Janine. I have a question about 11s Yes. And this time period and as how, is Jasper going to go all the way up? No, he's not. Um. Uh, boobs seem to be, pardon me, elevens and Z's seem to be. Okay, um, I was going to save this for Keenan, but you know that what we what we have way. now is bras are are it's front it's falls under the umbrella of corsetry. Anything yes. that holds and molds and shapes the body falls under the umbrella of corsetry. Okay. So, in the Regency era, they were wearing corsets, but the garment is kind of closer to what we know today as like a wonder bra. It was not a long corset that went down to their hips. It was it was ribbing and shaping up around the rib cage. All of the lift of your bra comes from your band, yes. not from the straps. Yeah. So they would have some kind of stays in corsetry, a short corset, but like lifting up their boobs and well, putting them in that dress. Yeah. The dress, the line of the dress was what was important. Yeah, and the line of the dress felt like it was, because I, I can Because a long the, corset would kind of encase everything in a, I'm, oh my God, readers, I'm gesturing on the Zoom with my own rack so that Janine can listen, see. Listen, we are um, all friends here. Yeah, so like a long, yes. women's like, bodies, fashion, and like what we think of as an acceptable body always changes. And some of it just has to do with, like, who's wearing what when. And so women just, like, hiked... The corsets hiked your tits up really high, and that was... 
but what so so my so my what I've observed is that I can tell there's a wonder bra effect there and that yeah. there is a lift, right? Yeah. But then there's that there's a simultaneous kind of like wrapping down, which is interesting, right? Where it's like it's definitely the up. band that like dresses all are empire wasted. Yeah. So they're all right under the boob. Yeah, it's just right under and the And then breast. the dress just goes straight down. Well so that gives it a very specific oh. like boob up, like it just draws attention upwards towards the boob and okay. boob up yeah yeah the, the fabric of the dress is is hanging loose from underneath the bust line okay well mm -hmm. yeah there's no pe there's no like big bone skirts or like the petticoats like you think of it's all just a shift but everything's pushed up as ev on the crowdcast as everyone was noting how great everyone's boobs were as, mm -hmm. uh, in various ways i was just confused i was just <laughs> yeah. like i can't tell i don't know i think people the, everyone jennifer eels are a world-class she's set. i mean she like hers are is beautiful extra good but they're yeah. but i was like looking like everyone's fucking beautiful i don't fucking know how to yeah. tell her well they're, they're all very pretty rap. people <laughs> turns <laughs> out people in christie's television series are very good look looking good. <laughs> oh uh, noted. i think um, i'm gonna yank us back onto the path i think i'm oh, yes. gonna go the golden path um with uh with collins's giant hat <laughs> as my costume pick because it's just a perfect marriage of character and costume piece and it's so He's good so, so good so good due to a reminder from scotty i submit lady Catherine's lace flex wig yeah that's good i that's really i have that. a second runner-up my first runner-up is the piano dress my second runner-up is mrs bennett's christmas candy dress also yes. she looks insane it's wonderful so good okay so that's costume so now okay. hand flex Hand flex category. We've talked oh, about oh, her oh, oh. admire I would, you. I would never dream of intruding upon your privacy. That's good. Is, wait, so hand flex is sexy? Sexy. It's like a, a suppressed sexy. Like okay. I gotta keep it. I've gotta keep it together because Just I can't. sexual sexual. He walks in and he's breathing heavily. Yeah. He goes, I, "I beg your pardon. I would never dream yeah. of intruding on your privacy." <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> sexual me, tension, Janine. Just sexual okay. tension. Sexual tension mm -hmm. in a car, uh, car, uh, carpal section tension. Fucking just black that out. Keep Never going. Mind. I'm just going to be hanging over here. Bye. Okay. So I give it the end of the proposal scene right before he leaves when they both just served each other up real hard. And then he walks away. And then the reason why Lizzie is so confused is because she's like, why am I turned on? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to beat that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. End of proposal when they're both like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine yeah. what it would be like yeah. if we if were we fucking right now? <laughs> All right, and then um, uh, our our next is uh, what was the cute name for it? We did car costumes and we did golden butthole. Turn about the room. Turn yes, getting up to get a drink. Um, how often did you feel I could get up to get a drink? I could have gotten. I could have gotten up. Well, we have a tra we have like the our Christmas time passing montage. All, yeah, the Christmas all party. The, I think a I lot of the stuff. Once we got to Rosings, I was pretty in it to win Ooh, it. Yeah. Yes. But there Agreed. were a couple of scenes in Longbourn where I was like, "Oh, Mrs. Bennett is gossiping. I'll be right back." All right. Yeah. Last one. Sickest burn. Lots of choices. Oh, I think it's uh, with. I think it's in the uh, uh, in the sitting room with all the family. And it's Mr. Bennett's and Lizzie talking. He jilts no. you credibly, that stuff? Yeah, I don't know if that's Where right. he's trashing his wife right in front of her? Yeah, but I don't like I don't like my choice now. Keep that's thinking. What, I, what about you, Julie? 
I think it is probably Lady Catherine. Probably the thing about the piano. Okay. Yeah, Mrs. <laughs> Jenkinson's yeah. realm. Scotty, yeah. what about you? <laughs> also, honorable mention, Mr. Collins telling her those clothes are okay. That's kind yeah. of what I was thinking. Oh, of. that's, that's mine. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, mine. Got, Lizzie, Lizzie saying you should take your aunt's advice and practice is pretty good. Yeah, some good burns. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, Scotty, thank you for joining us. Thanks for PP three. PP3 was great. PP3. You'll have to come mm-hmm. back for a few. Well, in fact, I've already promised Scotty that she can come back. I think when we do movies, we're going to divide them in half. And okay. Scotty is going to come back for one half of Sense and Sensibility because she has promised me that she will cry on microphone. I will cry throughout the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, but any, any part of the movie, I'm liable to burst into tears. So Excellent. that'll be great. Oh, and by sense and sensibility, I mean Emma Thompson's noted uh, enemy of Andrew Davies, Emma Thompson. Um, I'm talking about her sense and sensibility. So Scotty this, will be this back. The, this is the Emma Thompson that I pitched in my uh, Maria Saul. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. you yes. pitched Emma Thompson. Oh, yeah, she's so smart. She's very yes. smart. She's very she hated smart. My PP. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Janine. Be better. Be yeah. better. I want Janine to read her shooting diaries from Sense and Sensibility. I, think I have really them. Like them. I will lend them. They're a great read. I don't, I don't deserve a mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you bring that mic back so that you can say goodbye at the end. Come okay, on. Okay, but I'm otherwise I'm done. Uh, Janine uh, is having a little struggle bus moment with his microphone, and it's why we love him. He, you know what? For those of you who are in the crowdcast and you met Janine's disappointed face, Janine has his disappointed face right now, only it's for himself. <laughs> it's 100% accurate. Super disappointed. He's so you're, disappointed. Honey, you're doing great. You're wonderful. No reason to be. You're the best. You're a delight. He's disappointed uh, in himself, and Jasper is taking a very long bath over his right yes, shoulder. Yes, he is. Um, uh, Janine and Jasper, thank you, and so do the rest of us. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you like what you heard, you can find us on all of the places your podcast can be found, except for at the moment Spotify, but I promise I'm working at it, on it. Thank you for those of you who've messaged about it. It's a whole thing. Um, we wouldn't be able to tell Yakety Sax jokes anymore. I'm not sure that's a price I'm willing to pay. We'll find out. <gasps> we'll find out. Um, uh, so we want to thank all of you for listening. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlendercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlendercast. You can find us on Patreon where you can sign up to join our amazing Slack and jump in on these silly crowdcasts we've been doing. We're doing a Friday lunch break. Um, there are some other things in the works. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Uh, you can also get early access to episodes there. Um, we want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do the show because it is not cheap um, despite how we Sound. You know what? Truth. You know what? You Listen, know what? It takes a lot of money to sound this cheap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dolly Parton. That's Dolly. Yeah. Hell yeah. Love Dolly. We want to uh, thank all of our patrons for making it possible for us to do the show. But in particular, would like to thank. And here is the part where I try really. I'm gonna have to get a second monitor just for people's names. This um, is great. That's amazing. So, yeah. Four, we want to thank Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, Tina Barnett, the other Janine, Kristen, hey. Shannon Duffy, Alicia Glynn, 
Liz Peniston, Stella, and hi, Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Zena Perez, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Kayla Reagan, Rachel Lazan, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smizza, Heather Robbins, Sweet Sassy Molassie, Every time it gets Brittany me. Holbert, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazzella, Maria, Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Philip Nako, Tara Lucchino, Laura, aka Viv Pickles, who is doing some amazing stuff for us that you will get to see soon. I won't say anything else, but it's amazing. Crystal Nanavati, Mary Lumpkin, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marla, Trish McCrary, Dr. J, Jen Lander Drunklin, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki the The Wise, always and forever. Um, Thank you. Yes, you, dear listeners, so much. We will be back next week with the fourth episode of BBC slash A&E's Pride and Prejudice miniseries written by Andrew Davies, noted enemy of Emma Thompson, <laughs> with special guest Keenan Caldwell. Oh my God, an embarrassment of twins. It is an embarrassment of twins. It's going to be so fun. Until then, stay safe, wear a mask, make a plan to vote. Please vote early if you can. Um, vote in person if you can, but if you have to vote by mail, that is fine too. Do whatever you can to try to save the world. Lots of love. Bye. 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 So turn down my volume a little bit. No, you stay put for a second. Okay, I I've, think tur- it- I've turned Zoom down dick. my Zoom dick. Zoom dick. Zoom. Dick. dick. Zoom. Mm-mm. Julie, you? say something. Julie. Zoom. Zoom. Dick. 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 I can still hear an echo on mine. So I love you all so much. <laughs> this is better. It's better. Yeah. Okay. It's better anyway. What's can, the time stamp for this exact moment? I don't know. I'm having a scotch trouble hearing, so just Oh, sing then out. turn it back up. Yeah, People will deal with echo. It's fine. We're at six fifty six, Julie. Thank you. Because what is, what's happening is, is it's it's hearing all of our audio tracks at the same time and so mm-hmm. it records individually. And then the trouble is just when Julie goes in there, she can hear other people's voices on other people's tracks. It's it's easy to get rid of. It's just a pain in the ass. It's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Patty, so anyway. let's get back to... Okay. Well, I'll we can just... also leave all that dicking. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, no, you know I'm what? Leaving. I'm leaving all that shit in. You no. should just go back to saying the title again, see if you could do it again. I will and be able to do it again, but you have another option, Julie. Yeah. And, and then you could leave this in too if you want. But your other option is you could cut all of it. I could just do my spiel, which I'll do in a second. And then at the end, after bye, you could just add like a like a cut scene, like a hidden track. Oh, fuck Like yeah. six seconds of silence and then just us going, zoom. Zoom, dick. Dick. <laughs> when it was going around the campfire, that was really where it was at. Zoom. Dick. <laughs> and you could even you could even of course some people do go both ways <laughs> you could do both um and still oh. get so listener you have no idea i don't know if you're gonna hear this but if you do there may or may not be a secret bonus track like uninvited on jagged little pill yeah. only it's us going zoom dick 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 <laughs>